Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host. Sage, the page poet, that is my signature, coming to you live via the TalkShoe.com internet radio server. And here's some very pertinent information that you need to acquire. First, you are tuning into episode 298 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And for tonight, we are engaging you into an open forum discussion. It begins now until 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I welcome every listener. It doesn't matter what time zone you are in. It doesn't matter where you reside, what region of the world you are located in. We welcome all of you. If you have a passion or if you are an enthusiast, about literary art, if you are a published or unpublished writer, if you are an author or a potential soon to be published author, if you want to master the craft of literary art, then you have tuned in to the correct broadcast. If you are an ND slash independent artist, this is your home base. It was designed with you in mind, and we come to you weekly on Tuesday nights because we care about you. Indie independent artists, we are a home away from home for you. We are a resource. We can help you acquire the necessary knowledge that you don't already have. We can help you if you just need exposure. This is definitely a medium that will grant you that. And keep in mind, usually what happens from 8 p.m. till 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is there is what's called the exclusive interview hour where I have the privilege of interviewing a special guest, feature artist, whom is in the spotlight. But tonight's show is different. The format has been altered, and here's why. Of course, there's a very good reason for it. 
we wouldn't do it otherwise. I literally had to alter tonight's show because March the 1st marked a very special moment in time. For those who may not already know, and for those that do know, March is National Women's Herstory Month here in the USA. Yes, you heard me correct. March is the month and it's a national recognized month. Honoring women's history. We are celebrating Women's National History Month, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That is the topic for tonight's show and this open forum discussion tonight, which begins now and will end at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for tonight's focus, Okay, we do have a specific focus for tonight. For tonight's focus, we are honoring melaninated women who are literary artists. Melaninated women, okay, meaning women of color. Many are referred to as African, Asian, Kablasian, indigenous, American, because we know most Americans definitely have indigenous heritage, African, Caribbean, Asian, so for those who are melaninated, and I glean or veer towards using that terminology rather than black, because black has meanings more than just one, two and three. It's not specific anymore as for just meaning a person of a specific land mass or region, and it's not because there are so many descriptions that black is used to describe nowadays. So when you say melaninated, it goes deeper because now you're talking science. It's a scientific terminology. Melanin, we know, referring to that, which is more, of it is present within the DNA of those who are people who are uh, dark complected. The more melanin, the darker the pigmentation of the skin. 
the more melanin is present. And, and now science has proven melanin is in every thing, not just in our skin, it also is in the sun. So that which gives life, the solar energy coming from the sun. Did we always know this? No, there's more study and research involved today to identify all of what melanin has. Melanin is powerful and it does protect. It is a protective element as well. It protects, it preserves life. It generates energy. It's a lot, it has a lot of really positive and good qualities. And for those who are melaninated people, we should know this. So we're taking out the time at the beginning of the month, the very first show for the month of March. And each show, we will highlight women's achievements and herald the women whom throughout history and even into modern times are still yet pioneers and trailblazers and doing great things, achieving greatness near and abroad. So to begin getting the wheels turning, first things first, we're honoring tonight. Our focus is honoring the melaninated women whom are literary artists. And I'm going to be sharing some information. It's very key information about them. I'll be doing that soon, but not without first sharing just some general facts. General, these are facts to consider in reference to women's history month. Women's history month or history, 2020 is current. That's most current. And in the United States, it began on Sunday, March the 1st, and it ends on Tuesday. How about that? It ends on a Tuesday, on the Tuesday, March the 31st. Okay. Women's History Month is an annual declared month that highlights the contributions of women to events in history and contemporary society. Why do we celebrate Women's History Month? That's the question. And that is a driving question. I want everybody to kind of reflect and refer to what that answer might be. Why do we celebrate Women's History History Month. And being a woman or womb man, because the women have the womb, it is our story, women. It's not his story. It's the his story that became her story because now she is acknowledged and honored. 
her voice is allowed and her voice is now being given a chance to be heard. Women matter, women's lives matter. And for those that aren't aware, there has been a very large increase of missing indigenous women here in the USA. The numbers are so very high, it's scary. And unfortunately, the media or the news is not reporting this. So on social media, there are many campaigns that are going on and being launched every day by just concerned Americans to help raise awareness of this epidemic. Also, let me explain, as for human trafficking, the numbers of women victims girls, teenagers, tweens, toddlers, school age children, elementary school age or lower level education school age children, the numbers are too high. Our women and women children are being found missing and it's not okay, and it's not the norm, nor shall we allow it to become a social norm. Listen, if you see something and it doesn't look right, go with your gut. It's not right. Report it, call, make an incident report, especially if a woman or a girl or a elderly woman, it doesn't matter the age of the woman, if she appears to be in a life-threatening situation or a situation where it appears as though she is being abducted or she is in danger, listen, you can save someone's life. Report what you see, even if you have to turn your camera on and record it and then turn it over to authorities. Do you not know you could prevent a human trafficking crime from even successfully occurring? And I want to raise awareness right now Dulce Maria Alaves. I'm going to share some information because this is the most recent and current abduction that has acquired much media attention, thankfully. And now this girl's abduction is being investigated and the FBI is involved. The FBI has added five-year-old Dulce Maria Alaves 
to a list of high profile kidnapped and missing person cases. She was missing. She has been missing since September the 16th, year 2019. It happened on a Monday in Bridgeton, New Jersey. And I'm mentioning of her and mentioning about this because this is how we can help solve this case. The more we report the incident, we raise awareness. Um, for those that do not know, again, she is a five-year-old. And she was reported missing on September 16th after she disappeared from Bridgeton's 1,100-acre city park. So this happened outdoors in a park. Police have been looking at all possibilities. The mother of the five-year-old South Jersey girl apparently abducted in Bridgeton Park. She is waiting to hear promising news, to hear that her daughter has been found. Body is recovered and she is safe. We are hoping and praying for the best possible outcome. We don't want it to turn in up to be another tragedy. Adults, authorities say they are still looking for a man in a red van who has been described by investigators as both a possible suspect and a possible witness in the girl's disappearance. Again, a man in a red van. Okay, the reward for information in the case, it was 35,000. Not sure what the word might be now. But come on, someone knows something. You're out there, you saw something or heard something. Please report it to authorities. It's not too late, 911, 911. And I wanna say as well, investigators are reviewing videos submitted to them after the FBI appealed to the public for photos or videos taken in the park in a three hour period surrounding the time of Dulce's disappearance. They also are examining area surveillance videos and film from school bus dash cams. Investigators have also reportedly spoken to the girl's father, who, according to Dulce's family, is in Mexico. School officials in the nearby city of Vineland are investigating a teacher who allegedly posted an offensive comment on Facebook after the girl's disappearance. The Daily Journal of Vineland reported commenting on why Dulce's mother stayed in the car while the girl and the three-year-old brother went to a playground alone. The teacher, uh, Jennifer Hewitt, 
bishop wrote, they're Mexican, it's their culture. They don't supervise their children like we do. Well, okay, here's what we're gonna say about that. That's a form of racial profiling and it is discriminatory and accusatory to make such a claim. Because what I have noticed about those that are, whether they're Mexican, Mexico, from Mexico, um, or any part of America and uh, Latina or uh, of indigenous heritage mix, they are family oriented. They look after their children, their family's children. They are close-knit and they do supervise their children. Very watchful, very attentive. I don't know why the mother felt safe to be that much of a distance away from her daughter and her son that were playing in the playground. But I will say this much, if she, mothers have intuition. If she felt safe enough to be in a car and to watch them, then I believe that was because that particular community for her, and I don't think that was the first time she was in that part, she never had a threatening situation to occur. Sometimes you can be innocent. You just have a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil soul. So you look for the good in everything and in everyone. And until you see different, you don't know different. I really believe that was the mother in that instance. So anyway, I wanted to take out some time and to just remind everyone that if you have any information regarding the missing person, the child, she's about the age of five, her name is Dulce Maria Alaves. Please, you can report it, 911. And I'm gonna provide a number to report human trafficking. If anyone happens to see something, there is a hotline, a re, uh, human trafficking report hotline. And I'm also sharing this in the chat room because we need to get this information out. We need this information in the public. There's just too many incidents um, that are occurring. Our children are not safe anymore in the streets. We've got to do something, people. We can't keep living like this where we're in this we're like in a bubble and we think everything's safe, everything's beautiful, everything's all right. It's not. So we've got to do something about this. Our children's lives are at risk. Their welfare, their safety, uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
So I just wanted to put that information out there because there's just so many missing persons and human trafficking is on the rise. It doesn't matter where you live. It's happening in everyone's backyard and everyone's community. And we need to call, if you know any information, and I'm gonna be opening mics very soon, but I wanna get this information heard and shared first. You can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline. The toll-free hotline number is 1-888-373-7888. Call the National Human Trafficking Hotline toll-free number, which is 1-888-373-7888. This is an anti-trafficking hotline. Advocates are available 24-7 to take reports of potential human trafficking. Again, if you see anything or hear anything, you may even hear someone discussing details about a potential abduction. You can stop it. You can prevent it from happening. All you need to do is call the National Human Trafficking Hotline toll-free hotline number. It is 1-888-373-7888. And I wanna give a special thank you to those tuned in. Also, you can go online to www.humantraffickinghotline.org. I repeat, www.humantraffickinghotline.org. Go there online and you can even post, you can even report there. You can even uh, provide descriptions in, in the comments section and you can be anonymous. You do not have to give your full identity. Sometimes it's safer even in that. You'd be surprised. Hackers find a way. They find a way, even the most secure sites, they find a way. And you never know who's on that other line. Sometimes enemies are within the gate. Oh, yes. You know, it's not the best of situations or circumstances to have to make that announcement, but it is factual. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm now opening microphones. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Again, this is the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the page poet. That is my signature. Uh, tonight, call in. The number is 867-292-3066 to participate in tonight's open forum discussion. Dial 867-292-3066. 3066. Our show's ID number is 133193. I repeat, our show's ID number is 133193. And for those who call, you will be asked for a PIN number. When you hear that voice prompt, press 1 on the telephone keypad. When asked for a PIN number, press 1 on the telephone keypad. Then press the pound key. 
if you are not a member of Talk Shoe, to enter the call as a guest. When asked for the PIN number, press one on the telephone keypad, then press the pound key if you are not a member of Talk Show. Talk Show to enter the call as a guest. To join the chat room, simply search under the following link. It's www.talkshoe.com. I repeat, www.talkshoe, like a shoe on your foot, dot com. Once you arrive to that homepage, look for the Browse tab. When you find it, click it. A new page loads up. When that new page loads up, look for the search engine bar. When you find that, you're gonna type in the show's ID number. What is the show's ID number? It's a six digit number. Write this down. One, three, three, one, nine, three. I repeat. One three three one nine three. After you type that into the search engine bar, you will navigate to the home page on talkshoe.com of the exceptional scribble show. When you arrive there, you'll see a list of archive links. The archive link that is featured at the top will always be the current shows link. You're gonna click on our current shows link, which is episode 298. What is our topic for tonight? You'll see that as well. Within the subject line, it will say the topic is celebrating women's national history month. Yes, women have a story. It's not just his story, ladies and gentlemen. There is a her story, too. And our focus for tonight is we are honoring melaninated women who are literary artists. Again, I repeat, we are honoring melaninated women who are literary artists. So at this time, I see that we have a caller in the call queue area code three four zero welcome greetings greetings Francine. yes greetings greetings welcome and it's always a pleasure to have with us one of our lead supporters who has been supporting this show's panel our um show has always been um, enriched by all of the input which this soulful and spiritual, enlightened, and very knowledgeable, dear, melaninated man, Skysky Rio, provides to us and on this show's platform. We want to welcome you, Skysky, and this is a big, warm welcome coming from Myself as the host, Warrior's Queen, Zipporah Thelman will be joining us soon. But I wanna first um, ask you, how are you doing on this terrific Tuesday? And might you have any special uh, updates or any news for us? Mm, let's see. Mm -hmm. I'm doing well on this beautiful Tuesday. Um, thank you for asking. 
Oh, you're news, welcome. Um, any, special, any special news? Um, unfortunately, this coronavirus is related to the Virgin Islands. So oh. We're, um, taking, so we're taking some extra precautions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. On the topic of... The topic you were mentioning about human trafficking and mm-hmm. I mean you could you could see how maybe on the the, the connected continents where where it would be such a issue you know I mean a, a direct issue especially from your neighboring Mexico and all the mm-hmm. other um, countries that are linked to you but in the Caribbean it's very similar but a little diverse in terms of the fact that it's island hopping you can kind of see. Oh, okay. Generally, Uh a lot of times, what I have personally witnessed were uh, a person from an impoverished nation would would make an appeal and make their attempt to to come to a, a place that was uh, affiliated with a, a rich nation such as America. And yeah. in turn, what they would basically sell themselves for a, the, the price of the passport that when they come, that this is what is holding them hostage, uh, a, a identity and passport. Uh-huh. So it, it happens here very often in the Caribbean. Um, it's just not widely known as, as what, what, what you um, stated as human trafficking or, or um, legal legal slavery, in a sense. It's 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 a, it's a shame right. in a way, you know, women. Mostly women. Yes, and thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I figured, I said, since this is women's, uh, you know, here in the U.S. is National Women's History Month. So a lot of focus will be on the uh, females and what their contributions to society and overall the whole world were and still are. So I said, why not also touch basis on the fact that we have a lot of women that are missing right now. They are missing persons Mm -hmm. and the FBI is investigating this and certain groups um, such as our indigenous um, women. uh, Also, you may mention of Mexico, a lot of immigrants that are here um, from Mexico, their children are missing. Um, It's a lot that happened even when uh, Trump had ICE to begin to deport. We found out that families were being um, split, but also that children were being taken from their parents. And some of those children's family don't even have access to knowing where they are or any information to go on to be able to go to them, to be able to get them. So we have a serious situation right now in the U.S regarding um, missing persons and women and even young girls, meaning children. Yeah, it really is, it really is. And something has to be done quick because, you know, this is not good. This is not good. And 
uh, it leaves a very negative uh, cloud of suspicion, but also negative energy. And it, it, it's for a, it makes for a um, just insecure um, climate. I mean, people don't feel safe anymore to take their children places like, you know, you have these parks and places like that where you used to be able to, your child could have fun. You didn't have to worry. You know, you could just let your child's hand go for a minute or two or, you know, several minutes and you didn't have to worry about somebody coming, taking your child and your child not with you anymore. I mean, times have really changed. And what do we do? Yeah. Hard here in America, yeah. But like the same sense, it's it's one world and one one vibration. Like all of the countries to like like Boko Boko Haram in, in Africa, in Boko Haram and and those other. Yeah. You know, that, that's a really good thing that they take little girls to 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 make them their wife. Right. That's situation. Yes. Yeah. And so like, these were, yeah. Now, my my concern with that is okay, and I'm not trying to judge anyone's religion, culture, traditions, or anything like that because, you know, these are actual traditions in certain parts of the world, not just in Africa. Yeah. Um, you can go to some right. Asian countries. You can go to some. Uh, countries in India as well. And they mm -hmm. have these uh, marriages where these Amer arranged marriages happen when these girls are little. They literally are mm -hmm. married off and the families actually allow it. I mean, it's a part of their culture or tradition yeah. and custom. But the bad thing is I've been hearing stories that there's also places where little girls are being forced into marriages to, I mean, older men. And yep. I mean, they're even being abused sexually by these, I mean, that's something totally different now. Now we're getting into, okay, that's more of like- It's a bad vibe. Abuse and misconduct, sexual misconduct, abuse. And that's a different thing altogether. And I think that something should be done in, in those cases. Um, I don't know how involved the US can, can be in those other countries, uh, those types of things in, in other countries happening but something has to be done where it becomes an inter international crime, legally speaking, where the law um, will allow for outside governance to judge these cases and for there to be vindication for these young girls that are finding themselves victim in, in, in these circumstances. It's very unfortunate. Hey. It's terrible. These things are happening. Francine. Yes. All women, should be, all leaders, all leaders in the world should be women. It's been so in history, you know. 
men men are too are ready to be leaders in the world and throughout history before times there were women who always were leaders you know? yes Ethiopia before Selassie always had a men um, men had a female queens always. Mm-hmm. That's right. There were dynasties, Candaces. You know, these were the queens, as you mentioned about Ethiopia. They they were many, um, and in other uh, countries of Africa, there were women. There were matriarchs who ruled, and it was Always. received. You know, the village approved it it was not looked down upon it was not um something that was not heralded or respected and highly regarded and appreciated um i just think no other way yeah i just think here in the u.s it's been such a male patriarchal dominance for years and centuries Mm -hmm. and all that it's just now we're starting to see change where a lot of women are being allowed to reign and to rule and to hold certain positions of authority in society where in the past it was shunned, it was looked down at, it was not treated well at all or well received. So. Yeah, I I don't know what happened, why in the U.S., other than it has to do with government. It has to do with government and the persons who were ruling at those times. And at this time, it's a little more diversified. You know, you see even with Congress, a lot more women and a lot more melaninated Mm -hmm. women in Mm -hmm. positions of authority and power. And I think that makes the difference. I really do. America is a new nation, very new. Mhm. And it's changing for the better. I mean, it's it's been years in the making. Um, we just had we're lynching, and a lot of people know lynching is when they they would hang people of color from a tree. Okay. Mm. Um, the hostile white. Um, men, they would literally hang our men and it was almost done for sport almost in all the southern states and a confederate flag was one that was used to be a symbol of showing white dominance and Mm. so now just most recently lynching has been Um, It was not until 2018 that the Senate, and this is our United States, that the Senate would pass unanimously anti or anti-lynching legislation. It was not until 2018, that means just two years ago, anti-lynching legislation, the Justice for Victims of Lynching Act. The Justice Victims of Lynching Act and the House of Representatives took no action. On February 26th, year 2020, we know that just happened last month. The House passed a revised version of the Emmett Till 
Anti-Lynching Act by a vote of 410 to four. So that means four Republicans uh, decided that they were not going to agree to this law, the Anti-Lynching Act, which I cannot stand. How in the world could you not agree that this should be a crime, some something that should not ever happen? If you have any respect for life, you would definitely sign on to that not being allowed any longer. I mean, that just let me know, wow, we still have, some people still have a lot of hate in them. Is, um, you know, Erica Badu, she's a very good woman. Very yes. Yes. Are you friends with her on Facebook? I'm not. I really kind of use my Facebook page basically for communication about what I do, like with the radio show and what I do in the community. And then some of my opinions as well as I like to share a lot of information about health and what things we should do to take care of our body. So I don't really do a lot of the social um, communication, like uh, stuff on Facebook per se. I do have a LinkedIn account and on LinkedIn, that's where I network with a lot of other people. Sometimes they're celebrities, sometimes they're just everyday people, but they're like doing something as an entrepreneur or as an artist. So I, you know, tend to correspond and network with them. And by way of the radio show, we're just kind of helping people to get more knowledgeable about who in their community are the writers, okay? Who the artists are in their community. And so they oh. can support them. Mm -hmm. She's good. She's a good girl, man. She's a good lady for you to link with. She's very, very influential. You know, you know, you don't know her music. I do, I do. I, I've always admired her music. I've always admired the messages that she gives in her music. Um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Also, India Ire is another one very positive messages in her music. Um, she does a lot to promote black love and to show positive images of family, you know, and men and women of color getting along, loving each other, taking care of their family and so forth. So yeah, those are the kinds of artists that I would support, go to their shows, listen to their music, yes. Yeah. Maybe you could get Erica Badu to come on the show. Well, I, I'll see. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do have some new people that I'm going to be bringing on this show. A lot of them are writers. And they have um, mm -hmm. either books of poetry out or music out. So, you know, I do want to put that out there because starting from next week and moving forward, we're going to have a lot of new people coming on to talk about their books and how they um, have a lot of good information in them that is very helpful oh. to our community. Yes. Wow, so, wow, that's good. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what this show is about. Mm -hmm. 
Now, there are some shows that basically cater to um, promoting entertainers and, and artists that are celebs, but I'm kind of trying to keep the focus with this show on writing and, and people that really have a passion for mastering the craft as a literary artist or poet, spoken word artist or writer, musical artist, um, rapper, and you just want to master the craft and you also need to connect with a circle of artists that are like you. So we tend to give that kind of information, what groups are available in their community, um, what uh, they can do, even if they're trying to become published, how they can you know, make that journey successfully, what things to avoid. That's pretty much what this show is about. That's why Warrior's Queen, when she's on, she has a whole hour to talk about publishing because a lot of people don't know enough. And what happens is if you don't know enough, you can be taken advantage of. There's vanity, there's vanity publishers out there that will take your money and they're not gonna do that job that they should be paid, you're paying them to do. They're not gonna do that job. They're gonna basically exploit you and always take money from you. And you need to know who they are. Who are these vanity publishers out, he out here so you can avoid them? And also you need to know, well, how can I become published so I can protect what's mine? Because your work is your possession, your prized possession. It's like your child. And if you don't protect what's yours, it's gonna be stolen. And people are out here even stealing our children today and selling them. I mean, it's it's a lot going, this human trafficking thing, um, they're finding out a lot of times people that are missing, they are being sold and their organs are literally being harvested in other countries and sold on the black market. Um, even a lot of babies, are being stolen from hospitals. I mean, this is serious. Babies are being stolen from the hosp from hospitals and being sold um, on the black market. So, you know, we gotta take life a little more seriously than we've been taking it and pay more attention to our surroundings. You see something that doesn't look right, somebody's getting uh, too close to a child, it looks like they're luring that child away um you need to take notice of that uh report these sorts of things if you notice you're seeing a vehicle that's um not a vehicle of of anyone in the neighborhood and this vehicle is constantly driving around in your area you know look they're using vans and they're abducting women as well as children in these vans. So we need to pay attention. And a lot of times people are being targeted when they're alone. So women who are traveling by themselves really need to be watchful and pay close attention to their surroundings. And don't be so trusting. Every, every smile is not a good intention. Uh, just because someone says hi and they smile and even, even if they're saying, you know, the Lord is good and, and quoting scripture, you gotta be careful. There's wolves out here 
um, there's ravenous beasts out here on two legs. And they will use the Bible, they will use the scripture, they will use a smile, link face, a handshake, whatever it takes to win your trust for you to, to let your guards down. You got to pay attention to these things because it's better to be safe than to be sorry. And we need to watch out for our children. They are preying on our children. And we need to watch who's around the children. Um, it's just so much happening nowadays. And if we don't do our part as the guardians of the children, then our children are going to fall victim to being somebody's, to being the prey to someone out here that's a predator. And it's happening, it's happening online a lot. A lot of uh, mothers now are reporting things on how their children are being preyed upon online. Uh, people are befriending children saying that they are children and they're not even children, they're grown men. Lying and saying that they're children and using pictures of children to lure children. So, yeah, so we got to really watch, you know, even our children being on the computer and spending long hours away from us on the computer. We need to get nosy parents and find out why are you on this computer you're talking to all this time and you staying away from your family, shutting the door and locking yourself in your room by yourself. What's going on? You check these things out. Because there was an incident, um, he was young. I think he was no older than maybe 11 or 12. He was on a computer and I wasn't thinking nothing was wrong because he wasn't out in the street, you know, doing anything bad where, you know, she was being told by neighbors, your child is a menace. So she's thinking, okay, safe till one day she comes home and he's not there. And she's wondering, well, why is my child not home? I know he came home from school at such and such a time. This is late. Nobody's seen him. Come to find out her child went and met with whoever this person was online that said they were also a boy. It was a grown man, a pervert, using pictures of a young child to lure a child and lying and saying he was a child himself. So we really got to pay attention to what's going on, our children's behaviors. A lot of times when their behaviors change is because something's wrong. And that's a telltale sign. Something's wrong. Uh, something's going on with your child and you really need to get involved and figure out what to do to help your child before it's too late. Okay, I'm going to share information because this is Women's History Month. So I'm, I'm returning back into our focus for tonight, which I did share before. I'm going to share again. We're honoring melaninated women who are literary artists. And I'm going to share about the life of one in particular. Her name is Dr. Maya Angelou. 
And we know now she is an ancestor. She transitioned not too long ago. And we're gonna share, we're gonna share with love some biography facts about her. Maya Angelou is an acclaimed American poet, author, and activist. She was born in St. Louis, Missouri in the year 1928. Often referred to as a spokesman for African-Americans and women through her many works. Her gift of words connected all people who were committed to raising the moral standards of living in the United States. And here are her words. I want to write so that the reader can say, you know, that's the truth. I wasn't there and I wasn't a six foot black girl, but that's the truth. Influenced by black authors like Langston Hughes, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Paul Lawrence Dunbar, her love of language developed at a young age. Her most famous work, I know, why the Cage Bird Sings was published in 1969 and became the first in seven autobiographies of Angelou's life. A prolific poet, her words often depict beauty, I'm sorry, depict black beauty, the strength of women and the human spirit. Her first collection of poems, Just Give Me a Cool Drink of Water, for I Die was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize in 1972. The same year, she became the first black woman to have a screenplay produced. Writing for adults and children, Angela was one of several African-American women at the time who explored the black female autobiographical tradition. Other female authors and contemporaries include Paul Marshall, who published the novel Brown Girl, Brownstones, and Illinois Poet Laureate Gwendolyn Brooks, many of whose poems lyricize the urban poor. And that's just some facts about the late and the great Dr. Maya Angelou, now our ancestor. And one of her most renowned works, and I know a lot of people will never forget it, is her poem, Still I Rise. And I wanna get the words of that and read that and dedicate that to all of our women out there. Very powerful poem. And I'm getting that now. Okay, Still I Rise. This poem was written by Dr. Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may try me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I rise, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes? 
shoulders falling down like teardrops. We can buy my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tides. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. And that is that poem, And Still I Rise, one of my favorites by Maya Angelou, the late, the great Dr. Maya Angelou, Still I Rise. Born 1928, and her transition was year 2014. Awesome, awesome poet. And I tell you, everything that I've ever read that was written by her, it was potent. It was potent. And it's inspirational. It will motivate you when you're not motivated. Just get a poem by Maya, Dr. Maya Angelou. Just get a poem by her and read it. You will be motivated if you're not. And it will inspire you to think higher. And it will awaken or stir your mind to a conscious mind. If that's what you're in need of. So I highly salute her. I said, I definitely got to read something by her tonight and pay homage to ancestor Dr. Maya Angelou because her words, I know, I just always love to read anything by her. Um, she's written much, she's written much, but one of the very first was her novel um, and it's still a bestseller, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. She is a, um, sexual assault victim survivor. She's many things. She's a survivor of much and a pioneer of much. And it's just an honor to be able to even share about her life, the biography information and facts that were disclosed tonight. So I'm hoping if someone was not feeling like they were rising that after Hearing the words of that poem by Dr. Maya Angelou, you know, yes, you are rising. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And you're moving higher. Your consciousness is being stirred and awakened for you to, to rise. So what is there left to do but to rise? 
be encouraged tonight. It's not where you think you are, it's where you're going and where you are moving towards. You are stronger than what you think. Don't allow circumstances, don't allow situations to disillusion you to a compromise where you settle for less and believe a lie. You're stronger than that. Yes, you are. And I'm hoping that you're really believing not just me so much, but believing in yourself. Because the reason why we fail in life, we stop believing in ourselves and we give up. When you stop believing in yourself, you quit. You throw in the towel. You have no right to do that. Your ancestors went through so much. Your ancestors, my ancestors, our ancestors suffered. They went through hell. They were lynched. They were raped. They were beaten so that we would not have to suffer that way today. So how dare we quit and give up? The next generation needs us to lead and be all that we can be so that they can have a tomorrow that's brighter than what we have today. It's not fair for us to give up. Our ancestors didn't give up. They went through so much. So we could have those privileges and the kinds of things that we're enjoying today. The things that they weren't privileged to have, they had to fight and suffer. They were beaten. Some of them were maimed and literally decapitated. Legs were cut off, feet were cut off, things were cut off to prevent them from escaping those that whom were being enslaved by their oppressors. So how dare we give up and quit? We don't have it as bad as they had it. And it is getting better with time. If we continue persevering and not giving up and we unite as they were united, we can literally form a better union and our tomorrow will be brighter. And the youth tomorrow will go even further than we have gone. You got to think ahead. You can't be selfish. We got to think ahead. We got to. Some of us are directly descendants right here in the Caribbean. Our forefathers are straight slave descendants. And you can still see the slave slave houses and the hooks where they they they, they put us in chains. Mm-hmm. That's who who you're, who you're speaking to right here, right straight from the Caribbean. Yes, we're slave descendants, but we have the same radical spirit. Yes, yes, and and here too, um, there's certain states. Especially our southern states in in the America in in USA in North America, they literally still yeah. have certain areas. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Tyler Perry just purchased that all that land where his studio is now. 
That used to be an actual plantation where slaves were sold. He bought that. And now that's where his studio is. And he said he's going to make sure every Black actor, every Black actress always has work. And now on the highway where it used to say the name of the plantation, it now says Tyler Perry Studio. That man has changed history. That's what it's all about. We've got to start changing. The, we've got to change it. We're in a position now where we can. We can do this. Welcome, caller. Welcome. Hello, Sage. It's Warriors Queen Sephora. Welcome, welcome. And we have Skysky Rio on the line with us. He's been on since uh, eight, a little after eight tonight. And we were covering um, our topic. We're celebrating Women's National Herstory Month, which began on March the 1st, and it ends on March the 31st, year 2020. Mm -hmm. And our focus is honoring melaninated women whom are literary artists. So I had just shared some facts about the late great Dr. Maya Angelou, and I also shared her poem entitled Still I Rise. And I just wanted to start with her because as a melaninated woman, she was born, and I, I think I did share this, she was born um, <clears throat> in 1928, and that was during a time when there was still a lot of hatred being uh, demonstrated towards melaninated people in the South and up North in the US. So we were touching on the poem Still I Rise, because she touches on a little history in that and how we were hated, you know, even as women, because of our mm -hmm. shape, our beauty, our sexiness, our sassiness, our confidence, um, being who we are, you know, which is natural. We're not putting on trying to be these things. It's in our DNA. And she was just sharing in that poem, Still I Rise, like, you know, you can be hated because of that, because of being proud of your heritage and embracing your culture and yeah. who you are, you know, and celebrating whom you are, you're gonna be hated for that. But still I rise. And in spite of the oppression, we know about it. The civil rights movement went on here in North America during the 1960s with Dr. King, Malcolm X, even before then, we're talking about Marcus Garvey in the early 1930s, 1940s. He started the Pan-African movement. He was in New York talking about how we needed to build a bridge from Africa to America and how that would help strengthen the economy of the people of color here. Now people are starting to wake up and saying, you know what, Marcus Garvey was right. Now you got a lot of people actually trying to do what he showed and told about years ago. 
he came from Jamaica and educated us here in the States about the economic revolution that was necessary. If you want to raise up your community and build your community up, you got to become economically self-reliant. And he talked about that. Now we're actually seeing community within the community of melaninated people where people of color are starting to say, you know what, we need to start buying black again, circulating the dollars mm -hmm. in our community because we're the only community that everybody else is getting rich from because our money is investing in every other community but our own. Continuous sentence. Marcus Garvey said this. That was years ago. But now, finally, so see, when you wake up, sometimes mm -hmm. we're like Rip Van Winkle. He was asleep for how many years? A hundred years. Sometimes that's how we are mentally, or as far as our conscious mind goes. We're still asleep. You only are awake when you start to do what you know. That's when you're awake. Other than that, you're asleep. I don't care how old you are, how wise you think you are, how conscious or light you think you are. If you're still doing the same thing you've been doing and you're not investing in your own community, you're not awake. You're not awake. And we need to wake up. I'll never forget one of the movies Spike Lee had. It was entitled School Days. When that movie came out, mm -hmm. I was maybe 16 years old. And at the end of the movie, Lawrence Fishburne is in the camera saying, wake up. Wake <laughs> up. And I never forgot that. But all throughout the movie, it was showing how you had the light skin legs. And it is still going on in colleges. The fraternities, the sororities are segregated. The light-skinned ones don't want to socialize with the black ones, with the darker-skinned ones. Mm. But you're all black. Mm. The rich ones. And, and, and then in Africa, they had it. I remember seeing the movie Hotel Rwanda. It talked about it. You had the two C's and the other group. So one was lighter and one was darker. One, segregation is always the culprit of what divides mm -hmm. people, especially melaninated people, and it prevents mm -hmm. us from progression or making progress because mm -hmm. divided we fall. We can't win divided. We won't win divided. We've got to wake up. You gotta wake up. When it comes down to like, say, I know that you guys are very um, the indigenous indigenous Indians of America. Mm -hmm. But how how does this all relate? We don't hear about any any um women. No no great warriors. They, they don't really talk too much about indigenous Indians. Well, Cal uh, well, California, ahead, um, what I was going to mm -hmm. share is a lot of people don't know because it's not being widespread taught 
in our schools. It's not even being taught in our schools here. We literally have what to teach our children at home. Um, well, where would we go for the you can just you can definitely go. There's even some online sites that are indigenous. Um, they are literally established by the in indigenous nations that educate about the true history of this land, the U.S., where you'll learn how every state, every state or, or the whole East Coast, wait a minute, let me talk. The whole East Coast had a chief, okay? There was a chief that was over much of the East Coast and all the different bands of the different nations that were on the East Coast side in North America. You gotta understand, they had a very organized government. What we look at mm -hmm. as government today is a mockery. We don't, know. we don't even know, man. We don't know anything about that. But you have to let somebody teach you. You have to listen, because I'm trying, I'm trying to teach you now. You have to listen. The information is available. And if you check your inbox, wait a minute, I'm still talking. If you check your inbox, I have been sharing stuff with you for a while now. I don't have messenger, man. I, I cannot talk about everything on the air because it's not enough time. But I have been I sharing have links. I have been sharing links with you. Even even the book before the Mayflower has a lot of rich vintage information. I shared that link with you in your inbox. You got to take the time and look through the information. But it if, is if accessible to you. If you understand I don't have Messenger or inbox, then I, I, I haven't ever received one thing that you have sent to me. I don't have Messenger and I do not have inbox. I don't have that. Okay. So I'll I'll share it with you on your page because I know I shared that particular source. That is a very valid source. And it contains a lot of different information. We talked about it on the show, but I know I shared the link on your wall at one time. And I'll just I've said share it a million it times. I don't have I don't have things. I don't have messenger. That's that's for feds. No, no, no. I'm not talking I about messenger. I shared it on your wall. You would have to go into your activity on your Facebook wall and click in the name of the book, which was before the Mayflower. The link is definitely going to pop up because I know I shared it. But what I'm saying to you is you've got to become diligent, just like you share with me when you go on Instagram and you meet these different people, you look up their names or whatever. You can actually do a Google search and just look up indigenous history of the americas you will find out about all of the different nations their chief their matriarchs from from central america north america south america all of america the indigenous were the first that were here that established government it was not the europeans what we are being um exposed to now is not even mm -hmm. really truthfully speaking the real government the way the first governments were set up they had a whole the iroquois confederacy they were all natives that were here mm -hmm. they had already formed 
their own union before George Washington came. And then before George Washington came, it was the Moors that came and they formed treaties with the indigenous. So this is where you call, this was all melaninated people that was forming policies and what would be law here in, in the US and in, in North America, South America. So there was no white man telling no, no melaninated people what to do what. First of all, when the whites that came over, came over, they didn't even know how to plant. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know how to live. They didn't, their sanitation practices was horrible. They had all kinds of diseases spreading around. Mm -hmm. In England, in London, you can look it up. The plagues and all of that was going on in Europe, not here. Mm -hmm. That stuff came over here. They brought that crap here. Coronavirus, they bringing <laughs> that crap to mm -hmm. us. We ain't know nothing about no coronavirus. That didn't start with us. You gotta look at look at the truth. They bring disease, chaos, hostility, murder, rape. They bring they brought that crap over here. And that's I'm feeling the anger talking about it because my ancestors had to experience it from them. They brought that mm -hmm. wickedness here. So what do we have to do? We need to wake up. We was not the ones that didn't know. We were the ones that had the knowledge or the light and the consciousness within us. They were the ones that stole mm -hmm. from us. So they were the ones that didn't have, or they had the degeneracy, not us. So we need to wake up. We don't have the problem. They bought mm -hmm. the hate. They were the ones that was lynching us. We weren't lynching them. Mm -hmm. They came over here. We did what? What did our four parents do? Taught them how to plant. Mm -hmm. Taught them how to grow things. They didn't even know how to heal themselves. Taught them how to cure themselves of fever. They was dying like flies. Mm -hmm. So no, no, I don't, I don't believe their lies. Even this current, and I'm be honest, even this current government right now, that's just showing us the facts of what it is. Mm -hmm. They are not organized. They are disun. They are a disgrace. We got to take things back. And I'm gonna be honest. If we want to mm -hmm. see a better nation and America great again. If we want to see America great again, it can't be great again with them at the head. We better wake up. That's what we better do. We better wake up and take our place in leadership. You know, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you something. I know you keep mentioning America. Is it okay for me to invite my African friends and all my other friends from places that are in America to this show? We have we have them already calling in from time to time. Some of them my even friends? yeah. Well, I don't my know friends? if they're your friend personally, but I have friends that were born. Oh, okay. 
Okay, Francine, cool, cool man. I had a couple of them on the show that called in. Oh, good man, They may not speak English as fluent as I do, but they understand. A lot of them now are here, but they were born there. I'm asking you if I should invite my friends from Africa to come on your show. That's what I'm asking you. It, they're welcome to. I, I said that at the beginning of the show tonight. It doesn't matter what region you're from. You're welcome. You know, I gave the information, anyone that would like to call in. We had someone that was calling in also from Africa. But because of the different time zones, it became a, a burdensome for them. And it was very costly for them too. So a lot of times they're listening in and they're not able to call in all the time. I'll enlighten yeah. my, my friends from Africa on that fact. Thank you so much. Now, I would encourage them if it's not, if, it, if it's going to be a, a very expensive cost for them to call in, because I know we're on for a long period of time, they can join us in the chat room. That's what I want them to do if they have the internet. Because if they join us in the chat room, I can read off the things that they have questions about or the information that they have comments on. And we can also communicate that way because it may be a little costly for them to call in, depending on where they're calling from. All right. But I know the chat room, it's, if they have the internet, they're not going to have to pay like that. They can join in the chat room and they can talk that way. We do have our archive links after the show is off. If anyone is not able to call in, if they are tuning in and they don't get a chance to hear the full broadcast, they can hear the full live audio recording on tomorrow. I will share that link as well. Instead of us going live here with you, we could go, we, we could go on Facebook and, 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 and talk instead of being here live talking uh, um, like this. I, I was unaware, unaware of that. Right. You can, yeah, you can join. Right, you can join through the chat room because we are online. Let me do that. Where, where, should I just go on Facebook and link it up? Because I prefer to do that, really. Right. The link um the link is actually on the Facebook page where we advertise every week about the show. Okay. okay. The link is there. I'll, I'll, you I'll just click that. on the link. Yeah, right. that's I'll a way that. to I'll say Now what we did have and we even had some people they would call in to talk for maybe thirty minutes. And then they would get off because it's costly past that. Some people that were calling in from California and other states, so they would join us in the chat room. 
right they would join join us in the chat room so they would call in for 30 minutes so they could talk and ask questions at all and then after the 30 minutes they joined in through the chat room Now we have a caller, somebody just called in, area code 229. Welcome, caller. Hey, Auntie. Hi, and tell everyone where you're calling from. I'm calling from Georgia, the Peach State. Yes, the Peach State. That's right, the best peaches in North America, state of Georgia, and pecans. <laughs> How's it going, Auntie? I know I've been missed. Yeah, you have been. You have been. I'm glad you called in because you always keep us informed of what's happening as far as whether it's politics, um, current events. I know you've been hearing a lot about this coronavirus. They've been telling people, look, we heard from Skyski tonight. He shared now the coronavirus has reached the island of St. Croix. So they're... Um, educating the people who reside there on what things they need to do to prevent the spread of it or that uh catching or contracting it oh so, this is, yeah i mean it's it's really we're we're looking at a potential plague the numbers yeah, are climbing uh, and there is no cure see that's the thing it's one thing if you have the flu now, there's so many different vaccines they can give you to help. Um, the coronavirus right now, because it's not indigenous to America, it's not indigenous to the other places either, um, but now it's everywhere, almost everywhere. I mean, they're finding cases, that, uh, they had a case in Italy, a case in, I mean, it's spreading. And one place, I'm trying to remember where it was at, they said they don't know who bought it. Like they can't pinpoint an actual person going outside of their yeah. region and bringing it. So this is serious. And someone was joking. I think I was watching Colbert late at night, uh, two nights ago on channel three after the news. And he was saying, you know, it's like an act of God, an act of judgment because you know, right now there's no cure for it. So yeah. what they're telling everybody yeah. to do is wash your hands and keep your hands out of your face and pray that you don't get it. <laughs> I mean, this is serious. Okay, I'm gonna say something with you. Yeah, yeah go ahead. With, uh, with because I know um, you have a problem. But I, I was sitting here looking at um, the Super Tuesday, you know, you know, a lot of people actually voting in the primary, which I'm not going to vote until I know the nominee is. And Francine, here's the thing, though, what's really, really going to happen is, and I really, really hope that your listeners will really, really take notice of this, because um, the last time you and I chatted, you were saying about how the whole Democratic field really, really doesn't have any diversity. So now you got um, Biden, um, you got Bloomberg, you got a Warren, and you also got Sanders. And I think what's going to happen is this, and um, I'm, I'm going to give you a call probably in, uh, in uh, July, and you're going to say, Nephew, you was right. What's happening here is, you know, Joe Biden has actually had a good night. He actually won, like, so far, I think, five or six states, and I know he's in a delicate lead. And, Francine, what's going to happen is this, you know, Bernie's already um, 
saying that uh, the, 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 the system is still rigged against him. And this is why I want your audience to know that even though Donald Trump is in the White House, what Trump has done so effectively, and he did it like um, during these uh, campaign rallies during Super Tuesday, he's really, really telling Bernie, Bernie, Bernie and his supporters that, listen, I was in your predicament in 2016. I was an outsider. The whole Republican establishment was against me, but what I did was I came in there and uh, took over the, um, the party, and I, and I did something that most politicians didn't really, really do. And, Francine, what's going to happen is this. I still think that um, it's going to be um, a contested convention, and and uh, right now I'm going to be talking about, like, they're actually splitting up the delegates. And I think that what, what Trump is trying to uh, – you heard you saying the enemy, and my enemy is a friend. And what Trump is going to try to tell Bernie to listen, they're taking us away from you again. So what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to uh, rally behind the, the nominee who did this to you again, or are you going to have to stand and fight? And that's what that's the main reason why I really believe that his supporters is going to be so ticked off how they was actually against Bernie anyway. That either some of them might stay home or some of them might go to Trump. And it's really really going to be a big concerning to the Democratic Party because you know they really really messed up a Buttigieg in Iowa where they actually messed the whole thing up. And like I said again, you really really have to get people in there. They really, really monetize what was really, really going on because, like I said again, Trump, Trump already got his um, people out there um, trolling. He's got this machine called the Death Star, which is like a super data operation, something the Democrats don't have again. And he's really, really targeting whoever the contestant is. And that's why I'm saying that we're going to see a voting convention. And, 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 and if I'm the Democratic Party, I would really, really be very, very concerned about Bernie because even though Bernie might come around to a supporting nominee, his point is going to give God is going to give the assessment of to see Trump was right. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, it was the establishment rallying behind um, Bernie Sanders. Now, yeah, it's just like Ronald Reagan told uh, Jimmy Carter, there you go again. Well, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. I spoke a few days, oh my goodness, a few days before the dropout, most recent, which was Amy and um, Buttigieg. I spoke with someone and I told them, I said, Buttigieg, I said, he's an excellent orator. And I said, honestly, I said, I wish he would have ran for governor first. I said, he really needs to reconsider his pursuit in terms of politics. I think he would make a great governor. I don't think it's his time to pursue presidency. And also with Amy, I said, right now, I said, um, she shot herself in the foot. There were some things that were already known about her from her past you gotta remember when you desire a seat such as the the um the commander of the free world you gotta make sure you got your house in order and all of your um wrongs from your past and your misgivings that you made amends because it will come back to bite you especially when you're in a running to pursue that seat. So I wasn't shocked when they stepped down, but what did surprise me is that they both endorsed Biden. I did not think they would do that. And I think that that was not really good to do at this time because that's going to add to further division. We already know what happened last time with Bernie and um, Hillary and how when Bernie, right. And, and how when Bernie did not win because of all the, and it was infighting. 
And also there was some uh, rigging going on there too. How that divided the Democrats, where some people, when it came to election day, they ain't vote. They were so upset that Bernie was not the one. And even when Bernie tried to convince them, look, I know I'm not still the, you know, in it or whatever, but support Hillary. They they were so bent from that, they could not straighten themselves and just say, you know what, for the sake of the party, I'm just going to support Hillary because she's the one that was chosen. So that's the problem with this. When they go and they take sides, like I thought that's taking sides to say I'm endorsing Biden. No, I would have just dropped out and made the best, I would have said made the best person win. But I have to drop out because I want it to be fair. You got Warren still in there. You got Sanders still in there. You got Biden still in there. But to say I'm endorsing one, I thought that was very divisive of them. I do not commend that. And hey, that's the reason why I was saying this. That's why I think that Sanders, Sanders supporters, I got something in. I don't really think they're going to rally behind Biden, no, because they're so already ticked off. Because remember, when um you you have some of these surrogates coming out saying, well, if Sanders is above the ticket, we're going to lose this House Senate, and we're going to lose the White House. And every time, and and every time you wind up saying things like that, it really, really galvanizes this base. It's like people say, well, don't go after um, Trump supporters, though, because, you know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, it's like if you make one mistake, they make you pay for it. Then you have um, Megan McCain, the daughter of the late John um, McCain. Uh, two days ago, she was on The View, and she called Bernie and she called Bernie Sanders supporters thugs and uh, hooligans. And, and I see here's the thing, though. Know, we, we have to look at this from a, a generation standpoint. You got AOC, Alexandria Contest Cortez, who really, really came out and endorsed Bernie Sanders. Then you got Omar, um, the Muslim lady, and the other who actually came out and endorsed Sanders, too. And the thing is that um, in order for you to really, really win this election, you have to have a combination of young people and old people. And the reason why Obama won those two presidents in 2008 and 2012 is because he had a movement. Well, also, you got to remember, Bernie Sanders has young and old, number one. That's the only reason why he was leading with delegates, because what he was proposing was something impactful and of concern to the millennials from age 18 to 35. So, no, mm -mm. he appealed to the youth. And he appealed to the old, and when he had his rally in L.A. on Sunday, and he had public enemy perform and fight the power, that really reached even more the younger generation. His message is quite clear. What he's trying to get people to realize is you've been so dependent on the government you have literally given your power away. Get your power back. That's really what Bernie's saying. And honestly, he's not wrong. In America, it's been the greatest sin that the American people have leaned so heavily on government assistance and government intervention. People have literally stopped thinking 
and how they survived without the government before government assistance existed. Welfare wasn't always in existence. I remember my father's mother telling me how they made it. And she said, baby, we ain't have no welfare back then. Everybody in the community pulled their resources together and everybody always made extra and somebody had extra this, extra that, and they took it to the neighbor, took it to the neighbor. Everybody had something to eat. There was no welfare. That was community, looking out for community. But what Bernie is trying to say is government, you got enough money, people should have insurance and I have to pay all of these um, extra uh, uh, charges and fees for this. Also, it should be free education. If you can go to Cuba and you wanna be a doctor and you don't have to pay as long as you making the grade, that should be going on in a, in a nation as wealthy as ours. Well, here's the thing, though, Auntie. I understand what you're saying, but that's something that the establishment don't want. That's the whole thing. That's the only reason why they're trying to do everything they can uh, to make sure that Bernie doesn't get the nominees. That's the reason why I was saying that we all we better be ready for that fight in Milwaukee, though, because you remember, Auntie, you remember this is what not I do. You remember 1980 during the Democratic nomination? You remember when Jimmy Carter was the nominee? You remember how Ted, um, the late Ted Kennedy, really, really went into an uproar, which really, really caused a lot of mayhem. And that's what gave Ronald Reagan, you know, their ammunition to use against Jimmy Carter. That's why I was saying that we all better be ready for that, um, that, um, <laughs> that brawl in, um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, though, because like I told you a while back, I told it to everybody, I said, Bernie Sanders supporters ain't going to have that. You heard them saying I ain't having it? <laughs> well, Bernie Sanders... He said he got it before, and he get it again. Bernie Sanders is one of the last of the Mohicans, as far as the actual people that walked the walk and talked the talk. He literally was was during that time in the era of the 60s where they was throwing bricks at the people who were the revolutionaries. They was literally um, putting the holes and the dogs on them. He came up during that time. So for Bernie Sanders to say, Thing. People talk about the way he talk, his accent, the way he talks himself. That man got grit. He came up when it wasn't easy like it is now. Like Buttigieg and all of them, they coming up <laughs> after the fact, them, after the after the struggle. I mean, you ain't have to. He ain't have to stand in front of no uh, water holes and and get spit on. And they told, you know, call him a nigga lover because he was watching with the black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Some people got a lot to learn. They ain't been through it, so they don't know it. Bernie can talk about it. And I think he comes across relatable in that regard. And that's why he's crossing generations and people are saying, you know what? He's making good sense. What he's saying is fact. And then honestly, a lot of stuff that was said about Fidel Castro, we found out everything was not true. He wasn't all that tyrant and wicked and, and cruel person. He really did do a lot of good for the people in Cuba. And and I tell you, we, we've been whitewashed here in America to believe that everything that we heard 
about some of some of those persons such as him was true when it wasn't. So we gotta wake up to the American dream. Like uh, Malcolm X said, what American dream? It's an American nightmare. So, Auntie, let me ask you something. Even, so, coming into um, so so Milwaukee's convention in July, so what do you think that, what do you think that Bernie Sanders supporters is going to do? Like I said again, they, they, they're really going to be ticked off that, you know, they did it to them again, the establishment. So, 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 so if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, what do you do? Do you stay home and say, you know what, the establishment will always be the establishment? Or would you say, you know what, I guess I'll go vote for, you know, the, uh, the incumbent? Like, how would you handle it? I mean, you got to vote, period, for the lesser of two evils, because you don't want them to take the right to vote from us. If we don't vote, that's the next thing that's going to happen. They're going to take it from us. But they figure you don't want it anyway. That gives them an excuse to do it. Um, the bottom line is vote smart. And, and the states that have the most delegates, that's where your turnout have to be the biggest. And the states that have the most super delegates, that's where your turnout have to be the biggest. Everybody has to vote. And that's what they're trying to get people to understand. Don't sit this one out, because this one is, is major. If you sit this one out, do not complain about another four years of the tyranny of Trump because it's bigger than Trump anyway. He is representing a group. He is not in that seat because he earned it. Please don't humor me. That man did not earn that seat. He was put there in electoral college those people, you have to have a certain number of votes. Hillary didn't have it. She only had 200 and something of their votes. He had the 400 something that it takes to be president. As long as they have this electoral college piece, the population vote, vote does not determine who wins. And that's what people have to realize. Hillary did have the population vote, but she did not have the electoral college vote. You can go look this up. I did the research more than one time. The numbers don't lie. She had the population vote, but she did not have electoral college vote. Trump did. So that meant from the inside, they wanted that man in that office. That was an inside job. Mm -mm -mm. And there we go again. And I'm, I'm going to tell people again, there we go again. If it happens again, there we go again. I have nothing against Biden, except he has been caught in saying a couple of things wrong, more than just saying Super Thursday or whatever. He forgot about the Constitution and said, you know what I'm meaning. Um, the man apparently is, is trying to win. He's up there in age. You will forget things sometime, cut them a little slack. However, when you're telling lies or untruths <laughs> and you're doing it and you know you lie, the man came to his rally and questioned him about what went on involving his son. 
And it happened during the time Biden was vice president. And it was the son that went overseas that had some kind of business going on. And I think Ukraine. somehow so we'll bring that up in the debate. I mean, the thing is, you got to be tactful and know how to answer people. You can't just come off telling people shut up because you upset that they bring stuff <laughs> up. You got to be tactful and you got to you have to have a way with words and know how to put it. Make those statements respectfully and just don't say anything else. Don't add any ember to the flames. If you roasting like a duck, don't let them see you sweat. I mean, he's he's kind of hot tempered. He's got to realize. And picture what Trump's going to do to him on that on that debate stage. You know, Trump don't play by the same rules as everybody on team. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Trump isn't Trump. Trump has nothing to really for anybody to wink at anymore because now we just see his full blunder and he's just not presidential period now we just really know he's not i mean he's just really taking it to the next level but the bad thing about it is so many people have been brought and sold out to 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 his buffoonery People of color, it's embarrassing. People in color, work for my color. Team. It and I know, smart. I mean, that's smart. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you spelling out and praying for him. You know he won't know. If you want to pray anything for him, pray for him to repent and get his life in order. I mean, why are you praying for him to be? He already showed us he's not going to leave, right? And he don't care. I mean, <laughs> you wasting your prayers. It's ridiculous. I said this is a circus. I'll be glad when it's over. I really mean that. <laughs> November can't come fast enough. I said November can't come fast enough for me. I'm a run. I'm a run in the booth. I'm a run to that machine. I'm ready. I even hope it's not hacked. That's what Russia's trying to do again. Oh, well, we had the new machines here in um, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, the touchscreen mm-hmm. ones. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you can change yep. once, once you print out the card. If you don't like it, you can go right and change your vote mm-hmm. and then finalize it and come out. It's, and it's easy. It's very easy. Very easy. Touchscreen. Loved it. All digital. I mean, if the power go out, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, that's a sign. I guess I won't be voting this year. <laughs> mm. oh, oh my goodness. Hey, the power go out. You can't fight that. <laughs> uh, fight the power. <laughs> yep. I'm going to say if somebody bigger, bigger than you and I is in charge of this now. Hey, the power. Well, actually, if I let you go, I gotta say this one thing. Uh, I, I say this one thing. I was listening to um Michael Moore. You know, he's a um a film critic, and he was on one of these uh, talk yes. shows. He was making something with you. I was saying he has said some interesting too. He said that um you know that's the reason why um well he well, he's looking at um Joe Biden as the Hillary Clinton two point oh. 
And what he was basically saying, he was the first one to come on and, and endorse, um, you know, Sanders. And honestly, what he was basically saying here, and like I said, it really, really talks to the, 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 the anger that Sanders coming into. He said, listen, a number of the establishment and the media trying to, um, you know, trying to uh, put Bernie Sanders down. And honestly, here's the thing. My mother always said this one long time. She said, you don't miss your water until your water runs dry. Here's the thing, though, and I'll leave you with this. Whoever the nominee is going to be, they're going to need Bernie Sanders supporters. And Bernie Sanders supporters, mark my word, I'm going to call on, 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 on July, and I'm going to say, Auntie, I was right. Bernie Sanders supporters are going to say, you know what, we're not going for Biden because that's not who we endorse. Either we're going to sit down and we'll probably be able to cope with four more years of Trump. Because I think that's what it's coming down to. And that's why I said to myself, I didn't vote for Trump, but due to his credit, he's already planted the seed. And Bernie Sanders supported by saying they're rigging the system against you again. Uh-huh. And his supporter, and Michael Moore, and Michael Moore uh-huh. said the same thing. He said, okay, we let we let Jack get away with this during Hillary Clinton. But now, since I try to do this again, why would she vote for you? So, my, my word, you will not see his. So you, I mean, you might see some, but it's not going to see all of them. And I guarantee you, either they're going to stay home or they're going to go vote for Trump. And Trump was already planning to see you, so we know what's going to happen. That's true. You're right. Now, my hope is that some comet will hit the satellite that controls <laughs> the voting machines. <laughs> And this whole thing will be disrupted. <laughs> they go ahead. <laughs> I'm just hoping some act of God, some divine miracle happens. <laughs> and then the whole thing has to be suspended till to, to, to the next year, 2021. Because I don't feel good right now. I really don't about this election happening. I think it's too much. I don't either, Auntie. That's why. That's yeah, why I just feel like it's too much interference. Yeah. I agree 100% with Michael Moore. He said that if they do this to Bernie Sanders again, I ain't voting for nobody. I'm not supporting yeah. nominee because it's nothing but the establishment. But Auntie, like I said again, you know, but here's the thing, though, Auntie. You know, like I say, I give Joe Biden, you know, the credit. But the thing about this, thing, and, and it's something that we have talked about, I think what really we missed Joe Biden enough is that he got into the late too late. Too late. And imagine, imagine if he would have gotten in earlier. He probably would have ran away with his nomination. But now they want to really, really, you know, even though he got that endorsement by Jim Kleinberg, which is a wonderful thing. But now they want, now they really, really want to anoint this, this man where you still have a lot of people that, that's actually been becoming disfranchised. And one thing I love about Cornell West, you know, he's a brother, and you know, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you read some of his readings too. Auntie, he he loves Bernie Sanders. All of his heart. That's why everywhere Bernie Sanders goes, you know, uh, he goes with them. Yeah. And, uh, and and one thing and one and one thing and one thing that Cornell West did say, he said that if if Sanders wants to get screwed again, not only will this be the end of the Democratic Party, but it's going to be a long time before they actually get somebody younger coming up in there. And he made it clear. Michael Moore made made it clear too. I can believe that because Bernie Sanders won the college academia students. That's your millennials from 18 to 35. So I can believe that. I can believe that. And I'm just, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just. I'm just saying, I don't, um, I don't have a good feeling about it. And some people are saying they wish that. 
this um, election wasn't this year. They could be next. I kind of feel the same thing. They need time. They need to reassess, revamp. And if they got extended till next April, hey, do it. Because um, right now, I don't got a good feeling about the way things are going. Well, I need excitement, though. There's really no excitement. Here's the thing, though. There was excitement when um when Cory Booker was running and Kamala Harris. I know. Winning, certain, all those yes. people. But there's no excitement. I mean, the thrill has gone. Like the song, um, B.B. <laughs> <B>. King. <laughs> the blues, the father blues, son. The thrill has gone. But why? I mean, now we, we're we in the last few months leading to November. This should be where the hype has reached the climax. I mean, it's Super Tuesday and people are acting like it's a funeral, like somebody died. <laughs> That's horrible. That's not good at all. So we definitely have to pray, get on our bended knees in our prayer closet because, I mean, something got to happen. Fix. I'm telling you, Auntie. I mean, the last me. thing I knew. Trust me when I tell you, no one's not going to come out of Oprah Biden. Not the young people that, uh, that, that support Sanders, because like Michael Moore said, he said, "Okay, y'all got away with this for Hillary Clinton the first time. Now, if y'all do this to Sanders, we're not coming out with what we know for anybody." And Auntie, it's really going to listen. The Democratic part, the Democratic part is already is already a tone up because you got yeah. AOC, the hostile takeover coming up in there. You know, she's not going to be having that either. And see the problem too, you know, when you really just step back and just look at, and without even party names associated, um, it's been so much dishonesty within the Senate itself. Um, when you consider that lynching just in this past February now, um, lynching, is now a crime. Mm. Meaning the House of Representatives, which are fully mostly run by the Republic, um, they just now voted 400 and something of them, except four of them didn't uh, for lynching to be a crime. That's horrible. The year 2020, this late? Mm. That says a lot about our government, which says a lot about our judicial system, which says a lot about the U.S., who's running things. So, I mean, we really got our work cut out for us. We need more diversity, period, across the board from the Supreme Court, who's on those, in those seats, um, all throughout. And I, I'm... I'm starting to think what somebody said, uh, I think it was Michael Moore. He said he wished Michelle Obama was running. He said if she was running, I know I would vote for her. The last well, one. Well, like I said, it's going to be a big mess at, 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 at the convention, though, because we have never seen anything like this. Like I said again, if you think Jerry Springer was on steroids, you went to see Bernie, you went to see Bernie's, uh, Bernie Sanders support just walk out saying, Hell no, we won't vote. <laughs> well, I mean, people, and you got to look at it for what it is. You can fool some of the people. Bob Marley sung about it. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. 
Mm-mm-mm. One thing I will say is I don't think I listen. I won't, I don't think I I don't think I will be voting in 2020 because numbers, like I said again, there's no enthusiasm, and I do not want my vote to be taken for granted. I I I'd rather consider myself an independent, which means I can go either way. Well, I think after this year, a lot of people are going to change their party affiliation, even some that were Republican, because it's just been a whole lot of things that were exposed that things people didn't know about. Like even concerning Bloomberg, I didn't know all that stuff he was um, doing mm-hmm. inside his company, you know, and women, all those women that had cases against him because of things he said. I didn't. I wouldn't have known that if I didn't watch the debate that night. I knew about the stop and frisk because I mean, I remember when mm-hmm. that was going on, but I didn't know anything about the other thing. I was just shocked. But Trump yeah. has no class. I'm sorry. I can't vote for somebody to be my president that don't have class. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I don't think, you know what, I, I agree with you. Yeah, so no class, thing, and you know who he reminds but, but remember, me of? That's who the people, that's who the people voted for. They voted for the No, 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 remember, he did not win the population vote. This is where you got to do the research. He won the electoral college vote. That was inside job. That was a white privilege thing, okay? Mm. And Hillary may have been white, but she wasn't a man. That's all that proved. If she was a man, they'd have gave her a chance. From the inside, I'm talking about electoral college now, not the people, because the people wanted her. We gotta deal with the facts. America is still a divided nation. It's not a post-slavery era yet either because when you have human trafficking on the rise, there are still, the numbers are still too high of missing persons here in the U.S. and especially missing minority women, missing indigenous women, and missing uh, girls, and missing children. So that's slavery, because what is happening with those people, they're either being sold into whether it's, um, they're being a sex slave or they're being a slave having to work in some other country as somebody's servant or organ harvesting is going on. Because organs are still high on the black market. So that's the reality we're dealing with. You don't hear, I didn't hear any of the uh, nominees running for president touching on that. And I thought that it should have been something somebody talked about. When I become president, I am definitely going to fix what's broke in America as far as this human trafficking on the rise. One of them, somebody should have said something about that. Because the numbers are still too high. And now we have the feds involved. I mean, the the girl that turned up missing in Bridge, 
uh, Bridgeton, New Jersey, Dulce uh, Alvarez. Hmm. A lot of ballet, I'm trying to say her name. Well, she's still um, Dulce Maria Alaves, and she was Mexican. They said her father's in Mexico. They're wondering, you know, did he set that up? But I mean, it's still, that's still not solved. She's been missing since September of 2019. Bridgeton Park, New Jersey. Now remember that made the news and, and I'm so glad it made the news because that was what it took to heighten the consciousness of, of the community that we are not as watchful as we used to be. I mean, I remember when I was a little girl, I could go outside and play and my parents could still be in the house because there was always neighbors watching us. And we knew only play on your steps, on your porch or in front of your house if the neighbor two doors away was outside that always sat out and watched the kids. Mom was in the house with the door open where she could hear because the screen was in the door and somebody screamed she was right there and then another neighbor at the end of the corner every like every two doors somebody was watching so the kids were safe we would play from the morning to the sun in the summertime to the sun uh in the morning to the moon came up and the street lights was on they didn't have to worry about nobody coming and snatching them People knew they better not snatch mm -hmm. <laughs> the kids in our neighborhood because they ain't nobody play. Even the old people would kick your butt and knock you out. <laughs> I mean, it was a difference. The community was more tight knit back then. Like now, you hear about this the incident that happened. That girl's playing outside with her brother. The mom was outside too, but she was a few feet away. In the car, it's no reason, like, why would somebody snatch that child like that? And they left her brother. They snatched her, so unfortunately, you know, it was a predator. And they was into girls. And they probably sold her to somebody that wanted a sex slave or a girl to use as a servant. I mean, this is horrible. This world... Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, um, uh, Sage, this is uh, Warriors of This was just coming to my mind regarding human trafficking. Cults are behind this. Say that again. Cults are behind the human trafficking. Cults. Oh, okay. Yeah, we mm -hmm. got to wake up to that too, that there are these cults mm -hmm. that exist in America and other countries too. And, you know, they use children for various things. If it's not child sacrifices involved, then it's other stuff. I mean, you know, you got these cults going on. Even in Mexico, they were saying there's one and gangs are involved in it. And they were feeding um, college students that was coming to this one island. They was feeding them to this alligator. Mm. And it was a cult involved. And it demanded human sacrifices. And... However, the demon was in the alligator, so they would feed the humans to the alligator, and that's how they appeased whatever 
deity they was worshiping in that cult. So, I mean, you know, you're dealing with people from other countries that, you know, they have different customs and traditions that were in their cultures for eons. People got to know, even going on these trips, like, you know, your child might be grown in college, but the, educate your child. Let them know, look, you're going into an area, they do have a lot of cult activity, you know, and they've been having a lot of missing uh, people. So you got to be careful. Don't go alone traveling. Always stay with your group. I mean, you got to tell people that. Mm -hmm. Don't have them out there innocent, not knowing, and then they end up being a victim because they trust everybody. I mean, there's doubles. Like I tell anybody, there's doubles out here that wear, mm -hmm. they wear, um, you say it, they, they pose as though they're preachers or clergy. But a lot of them were doubles. You finding out with the different mm -hmm. um, cases of we, hear, we heard about the sexual abuse that was going on and these priests that was involved. I mm -hmm. mean, to me, that sounds like a cult involved because mm -hmm. you're hiding behind religion. So, I mean, we really just have to pray and watch and warn like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. We've got to warn mm -hmm. others. Um, and I'm so glad we're celebrating Women's History Month mm -hmm. at the beginning of the month and the first Tuesday of Women's History Month. And Maya Angelou, out of all of them, as far as melaninated literary artists, whom were women whom, I mean, these women impacted society in such a great way. Maya Angelou just really strongly came to my mind. And I said to myself, wow, she wrote so many, I mean, the poem, Still I Rise is just really powerful because it really honors the ancestors and also present day, us being the descendants of the first and original people. We're carrying on their legacies and it honors our spirit and their spirit. So that's one of the poems. And it was another one by her, I believe it, is it Phenomenal Woman? I think so. Because I wanted to read that as well. But I really chose her tonight to highlight. I believe that's the poem. I'm gonna try and read that one. Yes, Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou. <clears throat> and I'm dedicating this, of course, to our melaninated women whom have always been on the front line in terms of um, fighting for justice for our men, as well as our children, sons and daughters. And this is that poem, Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou. Pretty woman. Wonder where my secret lies? I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. But when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my steps, 
the curl of my lip. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please. And to a man, the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say it's the fire in my eyes and the flash of my teeth. The swing in my waist and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say, they still can't see. I say it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breast, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the need of my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. And that's that poem entitled Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou. Awesome lady, I tell you. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Maya Angelou now is an ancestor. And it was always truly a blessing. She transitioned in 2014, but it was always a blessing having her as one of the pioneers, as a literary artist and a trailblazer. And remember, she was an activist, so she was very involved in supporting the movements of people of color advancing and rising from being oppressed as a people here in this land. We've got so much to think about, reflecting on her life and the mighty many great things that she's done because she really led by an example and she's a powerful, um, she left us a legacy and she's a powerful example to women uh, here even today to not settle for less. Don't try to blend. A lot of times blending is the enemy because we're trying to be accepted. You know, you lose your self-worth when you try to blend and try to be with somebody else's. That's just not the way. So we got to keep that in mind. Well, Warriors Queen, this is your hour of power. And I know we talked a lot, went a little longer than what, I know I went a little longer than what I had planned. Um, I don't know if you heard about that tornado that ripped through Nashville, but um, I was listening while we was on the radio tonight. It started around nine something. 
Um, did you hear the winds that was blowing? Outside no, it's very peaceful now. It's very, very calm. I happen mm -hmm. to be upstairs in my house, and I'm telling you, the winds were strong. They was ripping. Yeah, you know I'm what? Sure I, somebody's you, you mentioned the winds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the winds, and uh, not too long ago, yeah, they were strong. Um, I heard them also, and the uh, the rain blowing. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening. I'm like, oh, that's very strong. So, yeah. um, I'm praying that everybody's safe wherever you are. I pray for your safety and protection because what I was hearing, and then when I learned about Nashville being hit real hard by a tornado and 24 people died, um, and it came like just really forceful winds. And then the winds that I heard tonight, I was like, oh my gosh, do I even want to look outside? <laughs> it almost reminds me of I know they say whenever it's a tornado, it sounds like a train. It was forceful. What I was hearing was strong and very forceful to her. Warriors Queen. I mean, I didn't like the sound of it. And I was like, you know, we on the air at the time. So I said, I'm gonna just keep doing what, you know. I thought about the movie, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. the movie, The Fog, the original movie, The Fog, when the fog was coming and a woman was on the radio and she didn't stop doing the radio host though. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know, when the fog was coming, that was those spirits of the dead that was coming. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Oh, yeah, did goodness. you ever see that movie? Did you ever see the, the original? No. One? I thought, no. It came out. No. Yeah, you got, and then they made a remake, but the remake, they always try to make things more emphatic or dramatic. And that takes away, from, they don't realize in Hollywood, sometimes now you done made it corny. But, <laughs> but the first five, <laughs> you got to see that whenever you can. The five warriors. It's worth seeing. Whenever that movie come on, I will watch it. I can never see it enough because I thought it was well acted, but the woman, she was a radio show host. <laughs> and she, um, what happened was, apparently there was this captain at sea and his entire um, fleet, you know, everybody died. Mm -hmm. And it was while they were at sea and where her radio show was, it was inside of a lighthouse which was on the shoreline, mm -hmm. right? So one day I think yeah. she was out with something or a kid and then he brings in this wooden plank, this piece of wood, unbeknownst mm -hmm. to her, it was bewitched and it was hunted because it was a part of the wood mm -hmm. of the ship that was the ship where the people died. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> and also- Yeah, I'm, here it is, I'm reading Yeah, I'm reading Yeah, about, and there was- Here it is, a yeah, there was some treasure to too. To yeah. I love the storyline, whoever the writer, and I, I believe that also was a novel first, but whoever the writer was, they did mm -hmm. a really good job with the plot of the story and, and the details and all. But yeah, awesome. And what makes fiction great, though? I mean, 
when you have this evidence, we know fiction has to do with not um, being true, but sometimes truth is more strange than fiction. And I've been using that saying a lot lately. <laughs> when, when things have been going on and happening. Um, I had a very interesting experience. A matter of fact, tonight I was turning on a light in one of the curios in the cabinet. Um, you know how you have your china cabinet, your curios, and you have your, um, you know, your crystal pieces and things like that, souvenirs and all lights in there. So I decided to turn, I turned on the one light, everything was fine, I turned the second light. As soon as I turned it on, the bulb burst. The light, it was like, I turned on the light, turned the light on, the bulb literally burst and the glass of the bulb shattered mm. in all these pieces. And all mm. I could do was just stand stunned because that never happened to me before. And it was not a high voltage bulb either so i'm like what just happened mm -hmm. i'm like that's a lot of energy this, that was before that storm mm -hmm. and that wet, strong wind came through so i said i believe this is spirit some kind of a spiritual thing more than mm -hmm. the manifestation of glass breaking and a bursting of the glass no cuts no blood i just went and got a small hand broom used a regular broom and swept all the glass into the dustpan and then just emptied the glass pieces into the um I have a recycle bin that I put, you know, glass mm -hmm. and things. So no harm, no foul. I mean, you know, a bulb you can replace. But that mm -hmm. happened tonight before that strong wind. And I wonder, I said signs, and I remember someone telling me some years ago, pay attention to signs because a lot of things you notice in your life, but those signs mean something, they matter. Things happen, it's revealing something to you. So I just, that's when I just stop what I'm doing and I start just have, going into a moment of silence and then I say a prayer and I try to just think positive thoughts of course yeah and here you know because there may be a message the divine is sending to me you know sometimes you can even hear voices it could be like a familiar voice like a um family member that's now an ancestor that's transitioned mm -hmm. um i've had those experiences at moments when it's like they were in the room right there with me giving me a message and telling me something and then what they said i know it came from above because it was definitely divine and it was definitely timely something that i needed to know and hear so you know we have those experiences in life there are awakenings that's what i call them spiritual awakening moments because mm -hmm. sometimes life can become in our physical realm so noisy and the hustle and mm -hmm. bustle that we are in, because we're constantly in motion, can become so overwhelming, it overcrowds us as for our minds. And so mm -hmm. the other side, in order to get our attention, 
it has to be something like that. You know, a glass bursting suddenly, mm-hmm. and, you know, getting our attention, a strong wind shaking, mm-hmm. you know, and sounds and things to get our attention. You know, these are things happening to get us to pay attention because something is going on beyond, beyond us that we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And Sage, uh, this is Warriors Queen, and I want to share that uh, today I've been seeing, and I haven't seen this in a while, these flashes of light go you know, from the corner of my eye. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like they float, you know, around in our air. They float, you know, fly by really quickly. Yeah. You know, something's happening. Our realm is, we're having visitations from the other realms for a reason, the supernatural, that is. Because I think a lot of change, a lot of really, really major changes are happening and some things are soon to occur. And we're getting these wake-up calls. Mm-hmm. You ever experienced where you was like sleep and all of a sudden your phone start ringing and it woke you right up? It was like in your ears, it sound like the most loudest ring, but you know you were in a good mm-hmm. sleep, you were asleep. It's like that kind of thing. These wake-up calls, these are wake-up calls. like. I was talking about Lawrence Fishburne in that Spike Lee movie in the camera. Wake mm-hmm. up! Wake <laughs> up! It was like, that's what's going on. I really believe like the supernatural realm, mm-hmm. these visitations are wake up calls to us to get our attention because something's going mm-hmm. on and it's impactful and we need to pay attention. It requires our undivided attention. And so we got to start thinking on that level, the supernatural, paranormal, beyond what's Mm. natural. Now, I'm going to read a little information. It says at least 24 are dead after the tornado rips through Nashville in central Tennessee. The carnage in Tennessee marked the most deadly tornado event in the United States since 23 people were killed in Lee County, Alabama, exactly one year ago. Wow. And I think Alabama was where they just made it the law. The House of Representatives, all but four Republicans didn't vote for it. They just made it a law that lynching was a crime. That just happened in February, the end of February. (laughs) Isn't that something that was nationally acclaimed as Black History Month? (laughs) Mm. I said they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Waiting that many years to do that. It's just, it's crazy. But this is our world. This is where we are. I want to herald one more uh, melaninated literary artist. The name is Octavia Butler. 
in a mm-hmm. genre known for being traditionally white and male, Octavia Butler broke new ground in science fiction as an African-American woman. She was born in California in 1947. Butler was an avid reader despite having dyslexia. She was a storyteller by the age of four and began writing at the age of 10, drawn to science fiction because of its boundless possibilities for imagination. She was quickly frustrated by the lack of people she could identify with, so she decided to create her own. Butler took the science fiction world by storm. Her evocative novels featuring race, sex, power, and humanity were highly praised and attracted audiences beyond their genre. They would eventually be translated into multiple languages and sell more than a million copies. One of her best known novels, Kindred, was published in 1979, tells the story of a black woman who must travel back in time in order to save her own life by saving a white slaveholding ancestor. Over her career, she won two Hugo Awards, two Nebula Awards, And in 1995, she became the first science fiction writer to win the MacArthur Fellowship. The self-described outsider's legacy inspired future generations of women, including Val Jean Jeffers, Nettie Okorafor, and even singer-songwriter Janelle Monet. And that is that. Octavia Butler. So I shared um, that brief bio as well in our chat room for those who would like to visit. It's always good to um, it's always good to know mm-hmm. about our legends whom are literary artists because a lot of times people don't know who they are and when you don't know, you know, it, it's, it's, it's such an inconvenience. It's, it's sad because these are the trailblazers that paved the way for us, especially us who are writers today, Octavia E. Butler um, and her middle name E for Estelle. And we should, even to this day, we should be so very eager to know who these women are. This is Women's History Month, National Women's History Month. And we should want to know who are these women whom are the trailblazers as literary artists. And we're writers, this should be of interest to us. It should be of great interest to us. And if it's not, shame on us. So Warrior is Queen, I'm letting you have the realm again. 
and you can carry on whatever you'd like to share suggested reading if you want to read an article the power is in your hands good evening everyone good evening i am now starting the free publishing information hour and i do have a lot you know that i would like to get covered but if i don't get it all tonight i will continue it in the next episode mm -hmm. so i'm going to start with my writing advice and discoveries which are the following two pieces number one keep your positivity charged and number two passion is also a guide I will now take questions and comments for the two pieces I just read. Keep your positivity charged. I really appreciate you sharing that piece. A lot of times we neglect to do that. Mm -hmm. We allow ourselves to be sponges when it's not good for us to be sponges. Sponges do what? They soak up. They soak up water, which represents life or fluids. Um, what we have to do is remember, not everything is worth it. Don't suck it up. Sometimes people use that terminology, suck it up. When somebody's going through an ordeal and they're angry, that's their way of telling them, just take it. Yeah. No, sometimes don't take it, protest it. Because it's not yeah. good. And we've been literally so abused as a people and oppressed that we have literally become subjective about oppression where we should be objective. No, it's not right. I shouldn't be treated like this. Stop treating me like this. Don't let anyone silence your voice. Once you're silenced, then you have literally given yourself up to your oppressor or your adversary or your enemy. You have allowed them to overcome you. When you lift up your voice, like the song, lift every voice and say, when you lift up your voice mm -hmm. and, and like a trumpet, speak up for yourself, that's when people will start backing off because they realize you're not a dumb nigga as they perceive you to be, or you're not going to be their fool. And we got to keep that in mind, especially as women, we have to become even more assertive because women are taken advantage of, abused and mistreated even more so the melaninated men are. I know that's hard for some people to believe because they look and they say, well, it seems like the mass incarceration are of men, but guess what I found out? The mass incarceration of women of color is even more, and there's even more women in prison. And a lot of them were wrongfully accused and a lot of them were in prison because of, they were trying to stop or they, they kill someone, stop someone from doing harm to another person, themselves and even their children. So, 
Yeah, self-defense. So we've got to keep that in mind as well. You know, women have been victimized much more. And women, melaninated women in particular. So we've got to fight. We've got to fight for our rights. Um, and again, I just want to honor and give special acknowledgement to the great Octavia Butler as a sci-fi writer, literary artist, woman, melanated woman of color, a trail laser, one who she changed the narrative because it was mostly white and males who dominated that genre of writing. But she proved that, oh no, we can do this as well. And we are good at doing this too. And she was just that. So let us not forget her and what she has done for women, melaninated women, and what she has done has inspired so many writers of today, both men and women who are melaninated. So let us not forget her achievements, mm -hmm. sacrifices. And your second thing, uh, Warrior's Queen, that you shared. Yes, um, the second piece of advice is hmm, discovering compassion is also a guide. Mm-hmm. Your passion is also your guide? Yeah, passion is also a guide. Oh, okay, passion is also a guide. Well, I definitely know that's true. Being an artist, you know that's true. Wouldn't you agree, warriorist queen? Yes. All right, I'm moving on to publishing mm -hmm. information. And here's what I found is very important. Residual income is important for being money from stories that keep, uh, that keep selling. For example, when the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Summertime are played, Will Smith is paid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, hmm. I'm just really happy that we're doing tonight's show and the things that we're sharing because I said this is very inspiring. Somebody's going to hear this archive link from tonight's live audio recording. And it's going to meet the need in them. There's a lot of times people can't always call in because they're working at night. I remember there was a writer and he literally told me he was in the broom closet. <laughs> he was at work. Wait, I couldn't hear you because it was static, you know. Yeah, I. there was a writer that called in one time and I was asked, I said, why are you whispering? While we was on the mm -hmm. air and he said, 
he was in the broom closet at work. Oh. <laughs> and that was the only way he could listen to it because he was on the clock. So he had to do it that way and be secretive. And I was so tickled. I said, wow. I said, now, if you are going through being in the broom closet just to listen, I said, that's inspiring to me to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, hey, we got our supporters out there of all creeds, all kinds. <laughs> People willing to yeah, go and all the sudden methods they have just to get the needed information. Yeah, that's, you mean, know, is whiskey, you know, can't take it for granted, you know, that mm-hmm. we're on the air Tuesday night. Somebody's listening that needs the inspiration and the motivation mm-hmm. and it's encouragement to them. And that's what it's all about. But I know one thing, that wind, the way that wind was ripping tonight, that was some strong, powerful wind. Um, Yes, it was. I heard it was talking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to the news. I hope that, you know, Everybody's safe wherever they are, that it's nothing mm-hmm. too devastating did occur and, and result to those strong winds. But listen, I do know that winds have a direction and a speed, and winds are literally stirred. I really know this. There's a spiritual force behind every wind. Mm-hmm whether it's a north wind, a south wind, a east wind, or a west wind. And I'm going to share a little about, because each wind has a certain um, cause, too, you know. And I think it was something, mm. I'm, I'm going to find it, about the winds. And share that. Yeah, it's a couple of um, things. It says, one moment, because I'm still, I thought I had it, but I'm finding it. But if you have something else to share in the meantime, Warriors Queen, go right on ahead. Uh, All right, so I'm going to move on to the articles. And there are four of them, and they're all from writersdigest.com. Mm-hmm. So the first is titled Mastering High Concept Ideas by Jeff Zafari, dated February 27, 2020. If you want to grab the attention of agents and even Hollywood, finding high concept ideas in your book is the best way to do it. That's a key sentence. Jeff Zafari shares the basics and how to hone your pitch in this article from our September 2019 issue. There's no such thing as a quote, sure thing, end quote, when it comes to anticipating the sales of a book based on a query letter. But agents leap at the chance to represent authors who deliver well executed, high concept manuscripts. And the words starting at Brett and Internet manuscript is a key sentence. Simply put, 
quote, high concept sells, end quote, according to Paula Munier, senior literary agent and content strategist at Calcott Notch Literary Services, thanks to its measurable audience appeal and big screen adaptability. High concept series rise to the top of agencies' flush piles and bestseller lists because they offer something broadly applicable but totally new or to a new spin on a familiar model. And the word starting at high and internet model is the key sentence. In a conference presentation on a topic, Andy Hodap of Nelson Literary Agency broke down the contents of your average agent flush pile. 85% of queries are quiet or derivative. Example, a generic vampire story. Pardon me, hold on. All right, I'm back. Or blandly situational. Example, watch someone deal with a divorce. 10% are so outside the norm that an agent can't imagine how to make it work. 5% are, quote, I must read more, exclamation point, end quote. They offer something completely new or a brand new take on something familiar. And the last sentence is the key one. Most high concept fiction is found in that 5% of the flush pile. High concept ideas tend to stick in a person's mind, says Daniel Gordon, an agent at Nelson Literary Agency. High concept is all about big ideas, high stakes, and clear communication. And the words starting at high internet communication is the key sentence. What exactly is high concept? High concept stories appeal to multiple pre-existing audiences, have series potential, cross genres, which gives it the opportunity for placement in bookstores on a, on a center display, display general human appeal, versus genre-specified, genre-specific, or formula-based appeal. And I would say that numbers two, three, and four, my series, the series that I'm working on um, has them. Mm -hmm. A high-concept idea is based on a simple, quote, what-if, end-quote premise that can be pitched in one to three sentences. It tends to be an original twist adaptation and a blend of ideas that have been successful in the past. Nearly every idea has been had before, but playing with variations on what has already been done gives you a better chance of being unlike anything else out there. And the word starting at but and internet there is the key sentence. The goal of a high concept pitch is to make the person you're pitching to wonder why no one has thought of your idea before. And the word starting at the and before is the key sentence. I tend to think of high concept as straddling genres, Burby says. You have women's fiction with a dash of thriller or horror with a literary twist or contemporary with magical realism, etc. It boils down to finding a big idea that immediately makes people sit up and take notice. And the word starting at it and internet notice is the key sentence. High concept sells in Hollywood too, and it's there that you can find some exceptional inspiration for developing high concept ideas as well as pitching your quote, same but different, end quote, idea. And the word pitching and internet idea is the key sentence. High concept is no substitute 
for mastering your craft, writes the screenwriter, producer, and script doctor who goes by the pseudonym, the unknown screenwriter. It's simply the most effective way to capture an agent, manager, or producer's interest. And the word starting at high on internet craft is the key sentence, and substitute is the key word. And the word starting at it's and internet interest is the key sentence, and effective is the key word. Well-executed, high-concept ideas can take off, lead into the creation of subgenres based on the appeal of one or two predecessors. For example, the Matrix franchise triggered a decade-long stream of films and comics targeted at the broad range of audiences interested in gritty action, sci-fi, techno-thrillers, and darker superhero stories, as well as substance on those. And the word starting at well and that those is the key sentence. As a great example of a high-concept book that performed well and has also been turned into a movie, Burby cites Bird Box by Josh Mallerman. I love using What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty as an example of a well-executed, high-concept book, Burby says. Generating a high-concept idea. It has to be a big idea we haven't seen before, says Mounier. What publishers and producers really want is the same but different, is, quote, is, quote, the same but different, end quote, as in just like insert blockbuster here, only different. There are a few ways you can get started with your base idea and plot. And the words starting at what and internet different is the key sentence. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. The word starting at what and internet different is the key sentence. All right, moving on. Twist a trope. The Hannibal Lecter theory, Hannibal Lecter stories twist the serial killer trope by having Lecter ostensibly a villain himself aid the protagonist. Now, trope is a figurative or metaphorical use of a word or expression, and ostensibly means apparently or purportedly, which means alleged, but not actually. All right, moving on. Lend popular stories and embrace them as comp titles when you're pitching. Burby cites One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus, a mashup of the Breakfast Club Put a new spin on the classic. Apocalypse Now is Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness transplanted into the Vietnam, Vietnam War era. Rip from headlines. Drive by Jared Schusterman and Neil Schusterman speculates about the escalation of the California drought. Advance the conversation generated by real-life real issues and current popular fiction. The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas addresses income disparity and police shootings of people of color. She was popular on shelves and the screen. Marlon James's Black Leopard, Red Wolf, leveraged the popularity of Game of Thrones. Think action over introspection. Most high-concept stories are plot forward. You need the great character and the compelling emotional arc. But the plot also needs to be high stakes and filled with twists and turns, Burby says. And the word starting that most in the internet says is the key sentence. 
and arc. So means the continuous story and the episodic storytelling media. Pitching, I'm sorry, combined genres. Neil Gaiman's American Gods blends drama, mystery, fantasy, and classic mythology. Pitching the home run. The ability to present a high concept idea as such is another skill entirely. High concept pitches are very appealing because they immediately tell a reader what to expect from a story, says Burby. This clarity is helpful for pitching to every person in the process of a book's life, from editors to sales teams to booksellers to readers, which is vital because every person in that process hears about so many books all the time and it can be hard to grab their attention. And the word starting at high and ending at story is the key sentence, and pitches is the key word. And the word starting at this and ending at attention is a key sentence. One of the best ways to get an agent to understand why your high concept idea is new and where it fits into the market is to explain it in a relation to what you've twisted to reach the idea. And the word starting at two and ending at idea is the key sentence. Try these approaches. It's a buddy cop story, but with what if two diametrically, which means completely directly in the definition. Opposed cops were suddenly placed in a totally new and unexpected situation. It's a teen girl's first romance story, but with what if a teen girl suddenly met someone totally unlike anyone you would expect in a teen romance story and they did something totally unexpected? Leveraging Munier's the same, quote, the same but different, end quote, principle, you can also phrase it as X meets X, such as it's Breaking Bad meets Outlander. However, you should probably avoid extremely popular or ambitious titles because they're difficult to live up to. There are exceptions, of course. George R.R. R. Martin pitched the Song of Ice and Fire series as The Lord of the Rings meets The Wars of the Roses. It's Ferris Bowers' day, day Off meets Firefly. This tells us that it's funny, but probably has serious themes and likely takes place in space. Embrace clarity and brevity, which means concise and exact use of words in writing or speech, in definition, as well as the what-if premise. I learned very quickly when I became an agent that I couldn't sell anything. I couldn't pitch in 50 to 75 words or less, says Munier. And the words starting at I and in at Munier is the key sentence. Hooks and concepts. Note that while every high concept idea can be explained as a quote, what if, end quote question, not every book can be explained as a quote, what if, end quote question, it's high concept. Every high concept idea has a hook, like the bullets above, but not every book with a hook is high concept. And the words starting at every internet concept is the key sentence. Wait, what? First of all, let's clarify what a hook is. A hook is the story in a nutshell. And the word starting at A and in that nutshell is the key sentence. For example, suicidal man learns what life in his town would be like if he had never been born. It's a wonderful life. Jamaican bobsled team competes in the Olympics. Cool runner. 
kid becomes a space wizard to thwart an evil empire, Star Wars. All of these films are high concept and have a strong hook, which can be rephrased in a variety of ways. This hypothetical hook, on the other hand, is not high concept. It's Romeo and Juliet with a gender swap. For a story to be high concept, for whatever element you wish, I mean, whatever element you twist has to impact the plot, not just the characters or the setting, end quote, how that says. And the words starting at whatever an internet says is the key sentence. To impact the plot, you must return to that what is question, the premise, and then add characters. And the words starting at two internet characters is the key sentence. The mockumentary, which means a motion picture or television program that takes the form of a serious documentary in order to satirize, which means make fun of, in the definition, its subject. Back to the article. Horror comedy, what we do in the shadows, twists genres and styles with comedy and friendship, making it a high, making it a powerful high concept idea. For this film, the quote, what if, end quote, question could be, what if a group of immortal vampires live together like contemporary bachelors in New Zealand, then add a cast of unexpected characters, comedic antics, and boom, the highest of concepts, multi-genre audience appeal, lots of heart for human appeal, two spin-off TV shows, and an upcoming sequel. Here's a high concept pitch based on the premise. Filmed in mockumentary style, this comedy film features a group of vampires who room together in New Zealand. When a visitor they intended to drink blood from turns into a vampire, the group struggles to adapt to the norms of modern life while the new vampire struggles to fit in. To distinguish between a story with a strong hook that agents will love story, Burby uses the book Finding Frasier, which is about a fan of Diana Gabadon's Outlander who goes to Scotland to find her own Jamie S. True Love. This is a book that will appeal to a specific subset of people and that as an agent I am intrigued by because I know immediately who the audience is and how to communicate about this book with this intended audience in a way that will get them to buy it. She Although it has that strong hook and a market waiting to devour it, Finding Fraser isn't high concept but Outlander, Outlander is. Outlander also has a strong hook. Woman falls back in time in Scotland. The element that completes the high concept circle is its wide audience appeal, which Gabaldon achieved by straddling multiple genres, romance, fantasy, historical fiction, and more. And the words starting at Outlander and ending at more is the key sentence. So clearly high concept isn't required to get published. And that's the key sentence, and the word required is the key word. Low concept, so to speak, to refer to any story that is more concerned with character development and other craft elements that punchy and summarizable plots, pardon me, than punchy and summarizable plots and multi-category appeal. And there is plenty of audience potential to be found there. Literary fiction, for example, has historically focused on artful prose or experimentation with structure and character development, 
typically tending to be internal, experimental, and introspective. And those last four words are the key sentence. However, contemporary literary fiction demonstrates a leaning toward high concept. Mounier points to Lily King's Euphoria, Karen Joy Fowler's We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves, and Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad as examples. Genre fiction doesn't have to be high concept either. There you'll find audiences with a certain itch and genre-specific expectations that must be fulfilled, and that's the core of what, what you need to get a piece of genre fiction published. Consider the persistent popularity of mystery novels that demonstrate variations on the same formula. The audience for that type of story is usually looking for a certain tone, type of character, art, etc. There are exceptions, of course, that are high concept, and they often have the power to open up new opportunities and tropes within the genre. Memoirs typically aren't high concept. Instead, they focus on introspection, which means the examination or observation of one's own mental and emotional processes in the definition, back to the article, family and personal change. But again, Mounier reminds us that high concept can appear anywhere, citing the memoirs educated by Tara Westover, The Year of Less by Kate Flanders, and Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. And what about kids' books? Hmm. Most people don't think, don't tend to think of picture books when you think of high concept, I says. but I would say the day the crayons quit is a fantastic example of a high-concept picture book. Write your story. Highly sellable ideas that aren't high-concept have something strikingly groundbreaking and genre-defined about them, usually execution-based. High-depth sites movies that offered something totally new when they arrived, such as 2001, A Space Odyssey, or Cult Fiction. One example from literature is House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielle Whiskey, where the found document interactive shape of the book defines what it is. I'm sorry. It's House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielle Whiskey, where the found document interactive shape of the book defines what it is. These typically don't, quote, unquote, work more than once without seemingly derivative or overly echoic, derivative meaning imitation. If your idea is a high concept, don't sweat it. It's still be, it's, it'll still be sellable if it's strong enough. Aiming for a high concept gives you a statistically great shot at getting the attention of agents, editors, and publishers, but writing a story you want to tell takes priority over chasing trends and trope twisting just for its own sake. And the words starting at if and internet enough is a key sentence. And the words starting their butt and internet sake is the key sentence. The end of this article. <clears throat> Very good. So <clears throat> there's many layers. There's a lot of layers to consider when you are preparing your manuscript for publishing approval. And I'm glad that you shared that article because it really helped to shed light on the truth, which is there's layers. You know, when you are preparing that manuscript, you've got to make certain that every layer of what makes that manuscript a book, mm -hmm. a book 
is ready, publishing approval ready. And readiness meaning that all details, you have literally fine tooth combed, um, checked lines upon lines, and you have finely tuned it, meaning you have proofread it at least three times yourself. And then now you have a second person as a checker to proofread it. I mean, you've got to do it now. We've got to really watch. When we're preparing a book too, you got to know who it is that you're trusting your book in the hands of. Even in its um, rough copy state. There's a lot of people that are out here that they don't want to labor. They don't want to do what it requires or what's required for them uh, prior to a book being published. They just want to have something published. They don't want to do the the hard, not um, practice and and until it's perfect. They don't want to go through and find know, labor, intense work. So with that being said, just know who you're trusting your book in the care of when you have somebody look at it and review it. And make certain that it's somebody you trust, somebody that you know has your back and your best interest at heart. And we just gotta really watch and we gotta pray and we gotta be discerning and wise because there's just so many people out here nowadays that are just stealing other people's art. I mean, art theft Mm -hmm. is not just, um, you know, somebody stealing a Da Vinci painting off um, out of a museum or a gallery, come on now. Art theft is also somebody stealing your literary art, something that you wrote. And it it was something that was birthed out of pain, intense grief and, and, you know, blood, sweat and tears. You went through something, you suffered. You don't want someone to eat the fruit of your labor, something that you worked Mm -hmm. long and hard at and and to get it right and then someone comes along steals it and takes credit for it as as though they birthed it that's not right it's just not good it's just not fair so Uh -uh. to avoid art theft you gotta have your security in place and you gotta have no breach in your security so don't be trusting people with your your, your precious jewels, um, let people know, look, I'll let you review it or read it after I have it copywritten. Make sure that you go as far as having your copyrights registration uh, completed first. And then once you have that much accomplished, then yes, okay, now I can let people look at the work because I know it's protected, fully secured.
So I just wanted to share that because there's too many people that are falling prey mm -hmm. to that victimization too. You know, their art is being stolen. Their literary art is being stolen because they're entrusting it into the wrong hands. Um, everyone that has the name publisher as their title is not legit. So you got to do your research. Do the homework. Yeah. Don't take anything on face value just because somebody said what works for some may work for them only. It may not work for you too. And you got people out here that are, you know, desperate measures, desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were riding high and now their publishing company may not be doing so great. So now they are taking advantage of their clients so you got to really be discerning and wise if go i tell anybody go with your gut your inner yeah. and your soul is not wrong that light in you that consciousness is not wrong go with your gut if you're feeling funny you're not getting a, a piece about it mm -hmm. then it's not for you to do it and do not trust do not trust if you have not you have not had time to really investigate to really discover and know then don't trust you don't want to be sorry later be safe not sorry later And that's just something I wanted to share. Yeah, well, it is 11-11. How interesting. Yes. <laughs> that number, 11-11. Um, not often I look at the clock and see that three times. So anyway, I'm going to share what information I found out about that because I thought it was interesting. The spiritual meaning for 1111. It is a master number which signifies intuition, insight, and enlightenment. When paired together, 1111 is a clear message from the universe to become conscious and aware and this is interesting because we've been talking about that just about the whole past hour many people suggest that 1111 signifies that your spirit guides are attempting to contact you wow remember i was just telling you the different signs i was having today mm, from the yeah. past that broke when i turned the light on to the strong winds it was just like and then the movie the fog <laughs> In the mind, yep. when that was cut the fog, it was actually spirits that was coming. But the woman wasn't in danger. But we found out that the minister is interesting. The minister um, had stolen. There was this gold or something that belonged to the captain of the ship, and mm -hmm. they died at sea. And the pastor stole the the gold from the sea and never turned it in. We turned it back. And what happened was those spirits was coming back for the gold. So the woman thought it was something she did. 
and they didn't do anything to her, but they cut the head off of the pastor, found out that he had the mm. golden cross that was stolen from those men that was at sea, and he never returned it to whomever he was supposed to return it to. So he brought the curse on the village. It wasn't actually the wooden plank that they thought. Um, the wooden plank was actually an omen and a sign to let her know that it was something that was stolen from those that died in the water that needed to be returned. So that kind of was literally a guide, guiding principle to alert her that it was something that they were coming for. And it wasn't what she thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she thought it was what she come to find out it was this gold that this meant this pastor had that he was hiding in his church. <laughs> oh goodness. So yeah, interesting. Right? <laughs> yeah, Kurt, yeah, the um boy see that's why you think you leave the dead alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they figure, well, I'll just, you know, you know they, they won't know anything. So what's the big deal? <laughs> but I think, too, sometimes people have a strange feeling that like you find, you ever find something and you have a strange feeling like, don't take it, leave it right where you found it. I think a lot of times. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, a lot of times our souls, that our conscious light within us is aware sometimes every treasure is not for us to obtain some things are for us to leave right where they belong i know there were those stories about people who went inside tut's tomb or different egyptian mm -hmm. uh, you know where they have their bodies at and some people died they went in there to take treasures to loot it and still, mm -hmm. and then some of them, different curses, different things happened to them. Those that took the buried treasures that they stole. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes leave it right where you find it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything is not for you to take with you, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and especially if you hear some a voice like in the back of your head saying, You'll be sorry. <laughs> Look, now that's scary. Like, yeah, like I'll be like, huh? I'm leaving it right there. I'd rather be alive than sorry. Than dead sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the pun intended, dead sorry. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh. So now I look at my other clock, and it's 11-11. And this is the clock that's five minutes slower. First, I look at the regular time clock, the one that's one time, and it was 11-11. Now I look mm -hmm. at the other one three different times, and it's showing me 11-11 again. That is not a coincidence, boy. It was crazy. Because I'm looking at my, my clock says 11.16. Yeah, that's your regular time. I have one clock that's set to mm -hmm. the regular time and one that's five minutes slower. And I looked at both. And three different times I looked at both of them when they said 11.11. 11. 
That's a message. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to read what it says. This is interesting. We know they're voting in California now tonight. And the lines what are happened long in for the primaries. They're voting, the primaries. Uh -huh. Okay, because remember, this is it for the uh, Democrats, the primary. Now, they're in a long line in California. It's dark, too. And I mean, they showed the line. It is long. And from what I saw, they were saying Bernie is still leading, but Biden has come up and he won certain states and he won North and South Carolina. So this is interesting. They said whoever wins California really wins the population vote. Mm. Yeah. But you know, California is a major state, very large population. Mm. They win it. So far, Sanders is 192 with pledged delegates, and Biden is 187. So see, Sanders is still leading, but it's very close between him and Biden. So it's like all eyes are on California now. I think California is going to go with um, Sanders. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, this is redemption for Sanders because he was cheated out of it last year. The last time, I mean. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see in a couple more hours. We'll know who won California. Now, Biden, I saw what the baby did when he went to kiss the baby. The baby turned his head away from him. Mm. <laughs> and they no, always goodness. say, children, I'm telling you. <laughs> Look, on that alone, I can't vote for you. <laughs> the innocent little baby. Look. Um, oh, goodness. He put, he put his heart. And so the baby turned well, his head away from him. <laughs> Watch children. Well, it'd be like when they had the cat. So when Trump was on the screen and the cat was batting at the screen with his paws and the cat's owner was on the screen <laughs> with her and she said, he's an awful man. And she said, get him, caddy. Or something. <laughs> That's another thing. Animals, they always say that children and watch them because they, they will show you the demons or angels. They will, they see them both. Pure in heart. I don't know, the way that looked, that baby turned to his head and Biden act like, first he act like he's gonna kiss the baby. The baby turned his head and then he still tried to um, like say something to the baby, like, no you not. <laughs> <laughs> That is too, oh my gosh, that's classic. Mm. I hope 
them. I hope people took pictures of it. <laughs> well, they got it on the camera and the video cam. That's man. Mm, that's enough for me right there. I'm sorry, Bernie. <laughs> that was my conversation, little baby. Oh goodness! Man, you notice there's been a lot of small planes crashing on like highways and and the stuff. This is what's going on. Oh goodness! I know. Here it goes all over again. But I mean, they had uh, and the airplanes was crashing on the people's roofs and you know crashing on the people's roofs. And... Yeah, it's just too much stuff. Mechanical, mm -hmm. what they might call a mechanical error or failure. This is not good. Nope. So we're going to have gusty winds tomorrow. And next week, they saying a huge warm-up. They talking about 67 degrees. This is early March. Well, yeah, March. Yeah. We have snow like between February and March. Right. And I was thinking, my, I remember hearing my mother saying years ago they would get some of the the most snow even before um, Easter or before like that time in April. During the Passover and all. So, I mean, we're still not out of the woods yet as far as snow goes. We still can get it in March and even in April. But I think about, like, with this coronavirus going on, first of all, wash your hands with soap and water. Antibacterial soap. Um, yes, people putting their hands in their face and stuff, but I'm gonna be honest. I give the children tissues. Um, when I go to work at the store, I, work, I can give them tissues and um, the little pocket ones. They have several tissues for them, and I make sure they wash their hands. I even had them go and get soap and scrub the table and then dry the table. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, what are you screen? What are you screen? Yeah. I had someone uh, yep. looking at me. And I didn't care because I had the children. I said, anybody want to wash the table? The one little girl said, I said, can you get some soap on the one? And the other one, I told her to get some dry ones. I had them washing the table, scrubbing the table. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? The, um, instead of using the hand sanitizer, yeah, uh, with the uh, was recommended. Yeah, instead of using that, use colloidal silver, colloidal silver spray, and right. oil, and that you know kills the germs. Yeah. And you know what? Garlic. I told somebody. I said, look, I didn't up my. Um, immune system status. I said, I've been eating garlic every day, cayenne pepper, black pepper. <laughs> I said, look, they talking about the flu and corona is killing people. I said, the flu does not like garlic. 
the flu bug or germ, whatever, they don't like garlic, they don't like pepper, <laughs> they don't like onions. <laughs> Them bugs don't like that stuff. They don't like peppermint oil. So I've been seeing in the mint family with the herbs. I said, I ain't playing. Oh, yeah. March is also National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. That's another thing. It is also uh, National Colorectal Awareness, Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah. And it's also, I found out, National um, Caffeine Awareness Month. as well as March Madness and Women's History Month. <laughs> March Madness, I had a friend of mine, of course, a male. Don't forget March Madness. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, it's March Madness too. But you know what? Um, a lot of people are upset with Bernie Sanders because He's not pro-reparations. He was never pro-reparations. And he made it clear one time they asked him on the show. I think he was on The View recently. And the one that's the lawyer, she has a law degree. Um, she was on The View and she asked him, she said, why are you not pro-reparations? She said, every other group has had reparations, but the people of color. And you know what he said? There's other ways other than reparations. And I agree with him on that. There are other ways. People was crying, talking about they want 36 acres and a mule, but it's a lot of other things besides 36 acres and a mule. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then that was an old law anyway. It was more than that. Every 50 years, slaves were supposed, if you were bound, you're supposed to be made free and you're supposed to be given back what was um, originally yours with interest. That's what Jubilee was. Every 50 years. So, I mean, it's a lot of things. Well, Warriors Queen, we want to end our show because we got next Tuesday we're going to have published author Reginald Murray he's going to be discussing about women in history who have proven to be icons by their deeds some even saving the lives of men in power and that's going to be awesome because he has an awesome book written, The Formula of Success, but he's going to highlight the women that he acknowledges in that book for the great feats that they have achieved. So come and join us, everybody. We're still celebrating Women's History Month on next week. Peace and blessings to all Warriors Queens. Anything you'd like to say? Uh, no, I'm just going to end with a goodbye note. Donanda Gahani, until next time. Yes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.